Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 361, recorded on February 3rd, 2022. On tonight's episode, we discuss, no, we don't discuss, we unleash business Justin! Just so you know what to do. Ladies and gentlemen, coming on the hottest introduction I have ever heard in my life, Timothy Off. I am bowing to you. That was unbelievable, incredible. I, think I just woke up my house. Uh, yeah, your house probably like, what's happening and who's ju- whose business Justin and why is he unleashed in our house? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Justin Masson. This is the Nintendo Dads, and I am the driver behind this dumpster fire of a podcast. But joining me, strapped into this dumpster fire, rolling down the hill at 70 kilometers an hour. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Jesse Walder. Oh, 70 kilometers. I'm trying to convert. I don't care. It's Canadian. I'm not converting it to miles, you son of a bee. I think it's like your own math. Do you know? It's between 55 and 60. (laughs) We've had this talk. Hey, Google. Get on the right metric system. How many miles per hour is 70 kilometers? Oh, see, she doesn't uh, even understand either. Doesn't even, get out of here. Jesse Waldeck <laughs> on the soundboard, making it sound fantastic, helping us moderate, taking an eye on what's oh. going on over on YouTube and Twitch and Facebook. All these amazing platforms we're at. But Jesse, how are you today, sir? Uh, doing pretty good. I've, uh, uh, t- uh, Tim was surprised when I said I haven't played any Pokemon today because I told him it was my catch up on anime day. <laughs> ah. Which is kind of like the rest of us. It's like just leg day. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, um, like yeah. I, I did watch Mandalorian yesterday. So t- today was uh, uh, oh, Pe- Peace Keep. What the hell is his name? Peacemaker. Peacemaker. And then like loving those four, shows right now. And then like four four episodes of anime that I haven't watched yet this week. <laughs> Man, I, I I hear honest truth. I haven't watched I haven't watched this week's episode of Boba Fett yet. Um, I had a friend who texted me. He's like, "What the?" And I was like, "I haven't seen anything. Don't say anything." Um, but between like I got I got Boba Fett on Wednesday. I got Peacemaker on Thursday. Right. I'm like, there is some great stuff, and I'm loving. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm loving Peacemaker. I yeah. didn't. I I thought Suicide Squad was all right. I thought he was an okay character. I I think I thought that John Cena's acting in general is like really one note. Um, but I am really impressed with Peacemaker. Yeah, the so. the, D, the DC shows are kind of similar to Star Wars in that lately the TV shows have been better than the movies. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Mandalorian and Boba Fett are just knocking it out. Yeah, 100%. Uh, for your anime, I'm going to pretend like I care. What did you watch? See, I don't even remember the names of it because they're... <laughs> yeah, that's because, great stuff. Because well, a lot of the anime names are like 10 words long. and but uh, Person gets hit by a truck is one of them, I think, right? Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's like that, that's like half the anime out there. Uh, there, there there's one where where uh, a girl gets accepted into the private school her mother was in, and she wanted to be in this school because they have sailor suit like uniforms. So she had her mom make her the sailor suit, but she gets there and everyone's in a blazer. They changed the uniform code, so she's the only one without a blazer. But the school allows it. 
So <laughs> she's worried now that she's getting going to be singled out on everything, but she's just having the time of her life. And this, that's I let me it's tell a very, you something. I, I you don't knew, sound like you're in t- interested in slice of life shows. I knew almost instantly after I asked the question that I'd regret it. And you did not, <laughs> not deliver on that. You know, you're you welcome. brought me along the journey. Uh, but I love the energy and I love you being here. So thank you, Jesse. Uh, speaking of a man who's here, who has got a crisp hat today. I love it. I love your cap supporting our Mr. Nintendo guru button, which, which man, I, that, that pulls in my heartstrings and I love it. And a man whose microphone is sideways, Timothy. Oh, how I roll. that is how, how I you roll. roll. What is going right. on folks? It's going, what's going good. on with you, bud? It's yeah. going pretty good. Just, digging out from the snow that we got today, uh, past couple days and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but, um, and having some gaming time with my son, cause he's home from school, you know, cause of snow. Mm, okay. <laughs> so snow days there. Fun. Yes. Okay. So right. I was able to get some of that in there and, and lots of Pokemon in. So good. Okay. And Tim, it also looks like, I mean, so again, those of you that are not watching us live on YouTube or Twitch or Facebook, sure. What are you doing with your life? But next question, Tim, you look like you're now set up in your new uh, new studio, your new house. How's that going? Yes, the the new studio, uh, the uh, Nintendo Dad's HQ in Motor City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is yeah. uh, set up. I got my lights. It is now officially set up because of the lights in the background. So it looks great. It looks great. Are those just like Christmas lights or those like LED proper like the, on? A, those you know, are thing. totally I saved some money using some Christmas tree lights that I don't need to use all, all year round for a Christmas tree. I can just put them up behind me. So I love it. Okay. <laughs> it looks good. Like it's, it's very hypnotic. And I've always wondered, I'm like, are they Christmas tree lights? Are they led lights? Are they, you know, the Elgato law? They're led lights that were meant to be put on a tree, but uh, <laughs> I thought they were cool when I had them in my other, uh, studio, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, behind me and wanted to use them. So I had them set up there and I figured, Hey, what the heck? I'll put them. Yeah, my, my, my son has those led strips that would, he has kind of like attached under his desk. So yep. it kind of glows downward. It's, yep. So it doesn't give him any illumination. It just sets kind of an atmosphere. It's kind of, yeah, I've got that here too. One strip that, uh, going underneath my, my monitor stand here. So nice. Nice. Excellent. Well, gentlemen, it's great to be here. Uh, Mr. Marty S. This is absent today. If you can, ladies and gentlemen, I see some people are the Twitch chat right now, YouTube chat as well. Send some love to Mr. Marty Estes uh, on Twitter. If you can, Uh, unfortunately he, uh, he believes COVID is kind of like Pokemon, you know, and you got to catch them all. all. Um, (laughs) And uh, he doesn't have to, we're telling him he doesn't have to, but unfortunately uh, he, He's got it. So he's staying home. He's being quarantined, keeping well. He says just a little little bit of a a flu or cold like symptoms right now, but we wish him well, speedy recovery. Of course, we wish anyone who has uh, COVID-19 or any of the variants right now, some speedy recover. Make sure if you haven't folks go there, get vaccinated, do your, do your job, do your bit to Bob's to make sure that we're all staying healthy as a country. We can get back to being normal so I can shake hands, kiss babies, right. And go to these amazing conferences uh, with all you great folks, but ladies and gentlemen, just, just as long as they don't do it the other way around. (laughs) <laughs> man i i kiss i kiss uh i don't know i don't know where i was going with that kiss hands and like, shake babies yeah that's exactly it i kiss hands shake babies that's the right, right. way of doing it that's the right way of doing it yes. all right ladies and gentlemen let's die i digress let's jump in to some of our big news today 
And today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, but I'm going to talk about that later. But of course, the news. Well, the news. Who is the news brought to us by, Tim? Our Patreons over at patreon.com slash Nintendo Dads, where you can pay a dollar, get into our Discord, and be a participant in all of our lovely events and be part of the conversations we have there. Yeah, that's uh, 100%. You just head over to patreon.com. Uh, you can type in when you're on patreon.com, type in Nintendo Dads, or you can go patreon.com slash Nintendo Dads and join over the 120 patrons that support us every single month. And man, we are so appreciative of that. Some amazing conversation going on there. Just some amazing support in general, too, as people have connected in our uh, Discord chats. Uh, and, and so we're so thankful for that. And again, that is such an amazing group. I'm, I'm so happy that I know there's like 120 guys in our community or people in our community that I can connect with instantly um, and, uh, and, and share what's going on in my life. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for all of them. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, let's jump into the news today. There's a lot of news items, but I think we're going to lead with the number one news story. And this is that today, Nintendo has released what they're calling now, Jesse, currently they're calling it their fiscal year 2022 results. Yeah, this, is the, this is the nine month report. So at the end, correct. Of three, nine months, this is quarter three, but on their reporting, they call it the fiscal year 2022 because it's a fiscal year ending in 2022. Yes. Uh, if you look at their documents, uh, Nintendo has, so again, Nintendo has uh, announced this came out late last night, early this morning. I have got a, a video actually on our, on our website or on our website, our YouTube page that you can go over. I, I break down 13 minutes of it as well, but I want to kind of bring in some pieces of information that we need to be aware of. Number one, ladies and gentlemen, the Nintendo switch has finally surpassed the Wii for number one selling or, or for selling sold consoles at 103.54 million units sold. This has outsold the Wii's lifetime sales. Now, Tim, I'm going to throw to you because I always know when we always bring this number up, you're like, uh, yes, but mm, actually, right. And what are you um, actually me about? Uh, it's usually I'm what I'm trying to look at is because the Nintendo switch is a hybrid uh, console that I like to look at the numbers of each generation's console and handheld numbers together and compare it to the switch. Now it, what you said in your video, which again is on YouTube that you posted earlier today uh, was great. It was like, you know, you know, a lot of people like to compare those two, but there's milestones and the Wii is a milestone and the switch beat that milestone. So that, that was, uh, just great feedback there to begin with to put those things together. I'm just trying to put that number together right now, but um, it ends up being something around if my, if my, my memory serves about a hundred, <laughs> it's about a hundred, give or take. If when I looked at today, when I did the report, about 175 million. Yes. Which is a little, which is a little bit different uh, than, uh, than what we, yeah. Cause it's a hundred, uh, excuse me. It's a hundred, 101 for the Wii, and you'd have to combine it with the Nintendo DS, which is 154. So that's 255 million for that generation that it still has to get to. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. So that which is a hard number because you got the best console of all time, selling console of all time with the best handheld of all time, yeah. in the same generation. So that kind of leads to a number that. Really, it's it's going to be tough to, but it's something you have to be reached. You, the reason why I always want to look at it is because Nintendo chose to do the hybrid model, mm -hmm. probably because obviously their their home consoles they 
figured would be harder to sell against your PlayStation and Xbox because they don't go and compete that. So let's do something else. But the other thing that you also brought up earlier too, in your video was about the software side of things. So, which is interesting if you compare even just the Wii, we had 921 million units compared to the 766 software units. But then if you go and look at how we had Nintendo had the two pillars with the Wii and the Nintendo DS, the DS had 948 million units alone. So the two separate systems had a ton of software. So that's something Nintendo is going to have to look at even more so considering that they just have the one system and even mobile. I don't know if they even count that as a pillar or as part of the software unit. Yeah, I don't think they do. I think yeah, they I mean, treat everything mobile because because you don't buy a mobile game anymore. You know, yeah. everything is microtransactions and yeah. they and they only get a fraction of that because of revenue sharing. So they just treat that as mobile revenue off to the side, hiding in the corner. Yeah. That's <laughs> separate from everything else that we normally look at. Yeah, and it's such it's such an interesting statement that you kind of, you're kind of making there, Tim, which is which is definitely on the Wii. And on the DS or the 3DS, the software sales were tremendous, right? Well, I don't count the, yeah, I don't count the 3DS because that was part of the Wii U generation. Yeah. Okay. So I'm counting it again with the generation timeframe when they were close to each Mm -hmm. other being the Wii and the DS together. So, but the software attachment is still so high. It's still very high in either case. So. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's a little bit of the challenge that Nintendo even has to report there, right? Cause the DS, I mean, the DS software sales, the cost was typically lower, right? Like a premium Nintendo game on a DS was $40, I think was right? 35. Where we're looking, yeah. We're, where we're looking so here. They, they went up in, to 40 on the 3DS. Yeah. We're looking here like your, your cost in Canada, for example, every Nintendo game is basically 80 bucks. Yes. Right. So your, your cost is high. Pretty much every $5 bump on our side is a $10 bump on your side. Essentially, essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, I do think, you know, I do think it's important to celebrate now. I think Jesse, can you correct me if I'm wrong? The pacing of the switch to outpace the Wii is one of the things we'd also call out. So it, so it has cracked the hundred million mark quicker than the Wii did. If memory serves, I I did some quick research that today. I, actually thought about doing that calculus and then didn't get around to it, but I think it That's did because okay. the Wii had six years and the switch yeah. is just going to start its sixth year next month. So they did it in, they did it in a year earlier. Isn't it just starting its fifth year next month? Cause it came out in April of 2017. And yes. so it's 22 April. minus 17 is five. So it's five yeah, years, so five years. So it's Ladies starting and gentlemen, six years. Justin does math. <laughs> that's what right. that's well, what you keep me around for right boom 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 yeah so, they, uh, so yeah. They, did, they did 100 million units a year ahead of the week yep exactly so not bad at all happy enough with those numbers a couple of things that i want to uh, there's a lot of these you know i love breaking down these things it's all business justin uh but let's break down a couple of the really big things to be aware of the nintendo switch oled sales now again this is very important the information that's being reported here is from october 1st to december 31st 2021 so we have three months essentially 90 days give or take right for what these numbers are counting switch oled sales were 3.94 million so just knocking on 4 million in three months overall not a bad pacing for a for a console that you know i think some people were kind of haphazardly not excited about because it wasn't the switch pro 
but still made some really good movement in the space. Jesse, you got some? And a new system that's component constrained at the manufacturer. That's a great point as well. Absolutely, absolutely yes. a great point. Uh, a couple of things I'm going to pull in for software sales. Uh, the <clears throat> number one game continues to be uh, poke. Or sorry, I apologize. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Um, what's the? Can we put the number of what it is? Actually, I see your breakdown here is what 43. it was. Forty-three point thirty-five million pieces. It says. Oh, how many? Sorry, forty-three point thirty-five million pieces for yeah. Mario Kart Eight. Yeah, I know. I, I I normally update those numbers, but for some reason, I left that number alone. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. So forty-three point three five million. Again, this is a great example. We have a hundred and three million switches sold. We have forty-three million copies of of mario kart you essentially have give or take about a 45 percent attachment rate for mario kart uh so almost one in two nintendo switch consoles have mario kart that's kind of the math of how that works out that's a crazy attachment rate for a game that is not bundled in and you ask me justin where is mario kart 9 Stop buying Mario Kart 8. We could maybe get a Mario Kart 9. Um, the, but thing here's I find interesting, the thing I found interesting here is, you know, Switch sold 10.67 million units this quarter, which is down 8% over the same quarter last year. Mm-hmm. Well, the Mario Kart 8 sales was 4.61 million for the quarter, a 4% increase from the previous year, same quarter. Yep. So... Yeah, people aren't just buying this game with the system. People are still buying the game off the shelf. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's a great analysis of that, Jesse. I love that. I love that commentary as well. It's such a, I mean, it's such an evergreen product, right? Uh, Or maybe, hey, we've already got another Switch. Let's buy another copy of this, right? So it's, you know, we've got multiple Switches in the family. Let's let's resolve this. Jesse, what's up? Jason Prime in the chat asks, these are just physical copies, right? Probably closer to 50% of their digital. The numbers Nintendo give us in these quarterly reports do include digital. These are different okay. than NPR numbers where those NPD. are physical only. NPD. Yeah, thank you. Those don't include digital because Nintendo doesn't release them to that to, to that group. NP- NPR is very different. Very different. It is very different. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, podcast in three acts. Uh, the first one, uh, fiscal numbers uh, from the dads. Next, back to you. Yeah, so in, if, when Nintendo announces the numbers in the quarterly report, those do include digital. Yeah, great call out, Jesse. Thank and, you, man. And you're, you're and they also honest, include packing games. So if the, everyone who bought the, the Black Friday deal that came with Mario Kart 8 counted as a Switch sale and a Mario Kart 8 sale, even yeah. though it was still $300. Which which is 100% why we see these numbers continue to climb, because they keep packing it's, in Mario Kart 8. Especially during Q3, yes. yes. Right? It's like, it's like if there's any game, they're going to do it. Uh, a couple of things to kind of just call it for attention here. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons sitting at number two at uh, just uh, 37.62 million copies sold. I, I had made some predictions a while ago that I thought it was going to overtake uh, Mario Kart 8. I am wrong. Mario Kart 8 will inevitably leave Animal Crossing in its dust. However, I need to remind people, the sales numbers that you see for Animal Crossing is a game that has been out for less than two years, and it's in the number two position of the most games sold, uh, beating out IPs such as Zelda, Smash Brothers, 
Pokemon, right. Ze- like Mario, like it's absolutely bananas. Yeah, I had a prediction similar to yours, but I, I said by the end of 2020, it could be the number one game, but it's not going to maintain it. It's going to lose it again. Yeah, I don't. And yeah, we've seen yeah. the numbers that support that half of my prediction. Uh, this is the first half never happened. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Interestingly enough, Jesse, I have a call out here for the Animal Crossing New Horizons. Over 10 million units in Japan alone, making it the best selling game of all time in that region. That is absolutely crazy. Yeah, I was surprised that uh, it's less, more than 25% of all sales was in Japan. And that is a high percentage. Yeah, yeah. Considering absolutely. you're talking about North America and Europe, there's a lot more people there than in Japan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Listen, if you've been here before, you can, I can run down really some quick, uh, the rest of the rankings really fast. I'm not going to dive into the details. There's a couple I do want to stop and have a chat about. Number three, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Number four, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, number five, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Number six, Super Mario Odyssey. Number seven, Super Mario Party. Super Mario Party. Number eight, Pokemon, let's go Pikachu, Eevee. Number nine, and this is important. So maybe take a moment, pause. If you need to pull your car over, put it in park, take off your seatbelt, put your safety, you know, flashers on and get ready for some real hard hitting evidence and news. Ladies and gentlemen, number nine with only six weeks of sales to be able to get there. Number nine, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shiny Pearl at $13.97 million. You want to know what company Nintendo will never let be bought by any other company in the entire gosh darn world? It's the Pokemon company. Because in six weeks, they cracked Nintendo's top 10 and landed at number nine. You, if you ever doubt the power of Pokemon, a game that I don't understand and makes me fall asleep, right there is financial understanding of why it is so important to Nintendo and why they churn it out every year if they can, if they can put a new coat of paint on it, a new Pokeball, and make Pikachu dance like a stripper. They will, because you know what? It sells. It 100% sells. <laughs> Oh, my god! We just got raided from the Nintendo Pals. Oh, my gosh. Nintendo Pals raid. They just came in at the same time when I'm like, and Pikachu's a stripper, right? Like, that's exactly <laughs> what just happened. Oh, Console Kato says, Justin, just join us. Come join us, Justin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so let's take a point. Now, here's the other. So I, I Sorry, do, go ahead, I Justin. Think, I think uh, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl will pass. Let's go by. Yeah. Uh, by the next quarter. Yeah. I mean, here's something that we need, you know, and, and obviously I'm ranting here. I'm losing my voice. Here's something just to bring to your attention, folks. Three of the top 10 games on the top 10 games from Nintendo being sold are Pokemon games. Number five, Sword and Shield at 23.90 million. Number eight, Let's go Pikachu and Eevee, 14.33 million. Number nine, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shiny Pearl. Between those three games, those three games is, if my math is here really quickly, and I'm right, 60 million units 
sold 60 million units. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, you wonder why they don't really care that like Arceus came out in September because you're all going to buy it and you're all going to love it. And it's going to place up here in the chart the next time we see it. In January. It makes them bank. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll also have, early they'll reviews or early numbers for Pokemon Arceus. Nintendo has said this. <clears throat> We're happy with the sales so far. <laughs> yeah, you damn right. You are. <laughs> Well, did you see that they sent a tweet with the number? What was it? Like 1.25 million in like three days. Is that right? Uh, no, 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 no. 6.5 million. Are you kidding me? In a week. No. Yep. And I believe but, it too. Cause when I last weekend, when, you know, I ended up working and stuff, I, in the middle of work, I told them I have to leave. Cause I have to go pick up something. <laughs> And because they, they were they were figuring out stuff, the work was a mess. So they were figuring out stuff. And I said, OK, I'm going to be back in like 30 minutes. So because I'm sure you guys aren't going anywhere. I'll be back. I went to GameStop, picked up the game. I figured I was going to be able to go in because I already went there earlier and paid it. Thankfully, uh, got that all taken care of. All I had to do was go pick it up. I thought I was going to be able to go in, walk in and pick it up and leave. No, no, no. It was back to the good old days when you had line and you, everybody had their stickers and everything, and you had to go and wait in line. And, and then it, it, uh, CDC don't listen, but everybody was in there <laughs> <laughs> picking up their Pokemon. So, and Andros, I think who's in the chat too, he, he had to, he did the same thing. He went to go pick up his at midnight, uh, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, uh, Consul Cato here saying Arceus is amazing, Justin. The Animal Crossing community is going crazy for it. I, yeah. We're going to talk about Arceus later, but um, I am, you know, just again, putting on the business Justin hat. I am fascinated to see where that game is going to place when it finally, when we finally get those results at the end of March, we're going to see them probably I think it's in May because they're going to do a whole fiscal where that thing places. But ladies and gentlemen, I, we can put it in the, uh, the, the analog, the, 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 you know, history notes of uh, the podcast, Timothy, it's going to be in the top 10. Right, it's probably going to. Oh, that's so, no doubt. I don't have to even yeah. put that in history. Well, yeah. we know, one no week in sales, it's up, it's on the seventeenth position. Unbelievable for a game that a lot. Our we're, we're going to talk about it later. I'm going to work yes. talk about it later. Yep, and talk about it later. Later. So, a couple other things that I want to really call out that I do think are you know I'm sorry, Jesse, I didn't even see your note here. Yeah, you're right about that. That are important to pull out. Um, from all these I other even results. cited my source. Thank you very much. I know. Thank you. I saw that <laughs> a couple. I know I didn't scroll down the page. I'm an idiot, right? A um, couple other things I want to just throw out there that are as important. Cause again, we're talking October 1st to December 31st uh, super. Oh, sorry. I apologize. Mario party superstars uh, entered into the fray at 5.43 million copies sold. Uh, we did see the original Mario party is up in the top 10. Uh, where is it? Top five, I Super believe. Mario in Mario Party is Super seven. Mario Party number six, number seven, number seven, number seven. I suspect we'll that we'll eventually seek it there. Mario Party, of course, sells. Right, mom and dad going to buy games. What should we buy? Oh, there's this there's this game where you get in a cart and you drive around. That's fun. Oh, and there's this game where you're on your board. Yeah. Brilliant. Let's do these things. Right. I suspect you'll see that inevitably go up. But that was released at the end of October. Had only eight weeks, basically, in the market to make their footprint. 
Uh, 5.43 is a great entry. Uh, the other one that I want to call our attention to is for Mr. Timothy off because I respect him and I respect his hoodie and I love his energy and I'm excited when my hoodie shows up. Uh, and that is <laughs> Metroid dread entering in at 2.74 million. Um, and uh, that is fantastic entry for the series. It is with it is within 100,000 units of becoming the best selling Metroid game of all time and is only second to Metroid Prime that is sitting at a 2.84 million units sold lifetime sales. I suspect Dread will easily surpass that. I'm going oh, yeah. to suspect by the next time we have this report. We're going to be around 3 million. Probably I had originally guessed a long time ago. I'm like, Oh, it's going to end at like 8 million. Yeah. I'm an idiot. All right. I can be wrong every <laughs> once in a while. You know, a clock is right at least twice a day. Uh, I can be wrong at least once a year. Um, so I do think that's going to be aware of, but, but Tim, how do you, how does that fare as you as a Metroid fan, knowing this, that it is, it is going to probably become the best selling Metroid of all times. How does this make you feel as a fan? Where do you think the franchise is going in the future? What does this mean for you? I'm hoping this means that this was a lot of re obviously rebuilding the brand with the millions and millions of switch owners, <laughs> you yeah. know? So, um, and cause there was a lot of new people who never played the previous games that got this and played it. Um, and it, it is a, one of those tough games. It's not a, it's not your animal crossing. It's not your Mario, you know, type of game. It's going to be a gamer's game. So, but with, a lot of gamers giving it a go and spending, you know, their money on it. I'm, I'm happy to see that and hope it bodes well for prime four when that decides to come out. Yeah, that's a great point. Absolutely. The other, the other kind of big rumor is, you know, and again, I'm going to pull in some rumors is that we've heard that Nintendo is not really done with the Metroid franchise. And that this has given them a real boost of confidence that it is indeed a franchise that they can start to, to kind of reinvigorate. Excited to see what that means for Metroid Prime 4, right? Really hoping for something good here. Uh, but I, you know, I was hoping for more sales, but inevitably, uh, I think it's fantastic. It, it's yeah. good for what kind of brand it is. So obviously, mm -hmm. again, it's not going to be your top. I wanted it to be in the top 10. I don't think it's going to make the top 10. Um, but um, I think Prime has the capability of doing that at least. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, those are kind of the big numbers that I think I wanted us to have a bit of a chat about because I think there's a big piece of information that we should pull out. Uh, Jesse or Tim, anything else that you really want to call attention to as we talk about these fiscal results? Yeah, I wanted to say Ring Fit Adventure did pass Splatoon 2. Mm, yep, good call. And so as a result of Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl be passing both of them, Ring Fit Adventure is still 10th and Splatoon 2 has then fallen off of it, off the list. Yeah. And then other, I wanted to call out other new games that or million sellers that were out this quarter. Mm -hmm. Big Rain Academy, 1.28 million. WarioWare, Get It Together, 1.24 million. And Game Builder Garage barely squeaked in at 1.01 million. Well, yeah, it wasn't too bad at all. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> so overall, folks, I mean, again, not a shock. Nintendo seems to do well. Now, one of the other comments that was said during the there's, you know, there's a lot of Q and A's afterwards, right? Um, question was asked and maybe, maybe Jesse, if you can see if you can find the question um, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing and I know that um, I, I, we, we retweeted Nintendo life's statement of it, but essentially they said uh, Nintendo said, Hey, we're like half, we're just a little bit over halfway through the life cycle. 
of this of this console and i saw a lot years yeah i saw a lot of people be like what oh my gosh this is crazy um we shouldn't be shocked by this right you just have a system that has passed the wii sale which 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 everyone kind of agreed from a nintendo perspective was like where they wanted to be right that's the evergreen they've come back from the wii u which was an absolute disaster fire right like let's put this in context guys Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shiny Pearl sold more units of their games in six weeks than the Wii U console sold its entire life cycle. Think about that. All right. Think about that. Okay. (laughs) That is, I I know. I was like, oh, please. I know it's true. Please don't be wrong on this one. I, I was like, so this shouldn't be a shock. Nintendo is on the gravy train. They recognize this. They have seen, they saw the success with the, with the Wii U. They have the market share. They have the mind share. We know it's a popular device, right? They're in the, the, the clout, the goodwill they have. They have won it all back. They're doing well. And that right there is the reason why people have to recognize something too, is that Nintendo doesn't get to sit in this spot very much. They did the last time they did it. It was either in their handheld side or if it was a console, it was their Wii. But we have to also keep in mind, if they're saying that we're a little bit over halfway, we'll say, um, that doesn't mean we have to wait another five years for the next system. Mm -hmm. It just means that we have to always remember there's overlap. So Mm -hmm. there's always going to be a two, maybe three year overlap for that new system that comes in. So there still could be a new system. And I think Sean Capri said 2024 is his prediction. Mm -hmm. And I think think others have said that too. Um, But it is, yeah, we will get like that new one, which could possibly be why we get the Metroid Prime on that and this version of the Switch, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like the whole uh, Breath of the Wild type of thing. Mm -hmm. But I think that's the thing is we have to keep in mind is we still may get a switch pro or switch two or whatever you call in the next couple of years. It's just that this will be just another tier level. You know, they're yeah. still going to want to sell this for people who can't afford the new system. I, I yeah. And I agree. I agree. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Don't put it as, yeah. Remember folks, there is, I mean, other than, other than the Wii U, which was pretty much like dead on arrival, <laughs> there's never a clean cut, right? Never really a clean cut. Um, I, there's always this transitional period right. between the two, but I do think the thing to remember here again, uh, Nintendo wants to be very careful about their next steps, right? They're like, we've been in this, like, this is, this is, this is pure experiential, right? They're like, they don't want to do a little bit of Wii U step. <laughs> yeah. PS, uh, PSTD, PTSD, PTSD of like, we were here before we screwed up. Let's not do that again. Right. So they want to be very manageable and mindful yes. in the space. I think you're going to continue to see them leaning in. I, I said in the video, you may, you may see them starting to dust off some of those IPs that we didn't think were going to be on the console. Right. I think that a lot of the IPs that they're bringing, I look at something like Metroid Dread. I look at something like Luigi's Mansion. These are kind of like games that may not have had as much attention or love. They seem to be getting what I would call the switch boost. Right. And everyone's like, ah, oh, I'm really into it. I'm really digging it. So I want Nintendo to start looking at that back catalog. Is now the time to be dusting off Star Fox? Is now the time to be re-energizing 
F zero is now the time to be saying, bring me some Pikmin four, right? Look what they're Elite doing with the advanced agents. wars. I'll take a new one to that too. Yeah. Look agents. at advanced wars. They're bringing that one back, right? Is yes. it an opportunity to look at these IP, these dormant IPs and say, listen, we got something that's hot here. Let's see what we can do to the market. And I think that's what we're going to see. And I think, and I know I said it before, I think you're going to see that with cough, cough, more cloud-based games. That is how you're going to continue to stretch that longevity. In regards to the cloud, that has to play in the whole software thing too, especially yep. with the news, the recent news of Sony buying um, Bungie. Uh, Bungie, thank you. And then also Microsoft, of course, buying up stuff. There's a lot of jokes of Nintendo sitting back fishing and you know Kirby sitting back there fishing, you know, while everybody's buying up stuff. But Nintendo is also going to have to play the software um card as well so mm -hmm. uh but they also have their other pillars as well that we talked about their other areas that they go yeah. to support the characters you know and their their theme parks and movies and all that kind of stuff but still it's it's still going to be media media is the key these days so mm -hmm. yeah we'll see what they uh, do well you, you mentioned like that middle ground between generations where it's both is happening yeah so uh sony has announced because they can't get enough PS5s out there to meet demand. They're actually increasing their production of PS4s over last yes. year, which is kind of surprising to me, considering you know Xbox, they stopped production of Xbox One in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> they had to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, but I mean, but I mean, I think, you know, so Xbox is such an interesting place in that, right? Because you can, you can be playing like uh, Xbox infrastructure is interesting because if, as long as they have game pass, doesn't matter if they're on an Xbox one an Xbox S and Xbox series S y'all can play together, right? It is not platform agnostic It is rather um, kind of infrastructure agnostic. Right. And I think that's a really key part for there. And I think that's, I mean, that's really it for them. Again, it's not units sold. It's about subscriptions. And it's about how many people can be on different platforms. That's critical for them. Where Nintendo and Sony specific, really Sony, I think is a big proponent of this is it's hardware. It's hardware. It's hardware. You know, you've got to play your games on this thing, on this console. Right. Right. Um, and, and so that's the difference between the two. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, Ninfrendo asked Justin, where's the super secret Donkey Kong game? Uh, Ninfrendo, I'm hoping to hear that in 2022. I think that could be part of one of our games in 2022. Maybe a good uh, good October game, possibly, is what I'm thinking there. And uh, Golden Sun mentioned is another game. I think so, yeah. Golden Sun mentioned another game to maybe dust off as well. Woo-wee. Woo-wee. All right. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about there? Yeah, the, uh, the the end of the slideshow talks about their upcoming first-party games. There really isn't anything new. In fact, they still said Advanced Wars 1 and 2 was spring, even though I thought we had an April date for that. Maybe April, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? So, again, I'll quickly run this down here. Uh, they, they mentioned here, obviously, Pokemon Arceus uh, that has passed. Triangle Strategy, which is March 4th. Uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, or known as Kirby and the Last of Us, is March 25th. <laughs> Advanced Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp is spring 2022, but I, uh, Jesse, I believe you're correct. I believe it's like the second week of April of Memory Serves. Uh, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope is scheduled for 2022. Splatoon 3, 2022. Sequel to Breath of the Wild, 2022. Bayonetta 3, TBD, or TB announced, and Metroid Prime 4 to be announced. This is, you know, so... It's interesting because the rumor, the conversation right now that's happening is like, hey, it's February. Where's my Nintendo Direct? 
right? And Nintendo directs are all about getting you excited for what's coming up in the future and, and revealing those cards. Ladies and gentlemen, Nintendo's told you a lot of what's happening in 2022. I don't know if they've got a lot of other cards up their sleeve. I'm sure they do, but they have got, you are, you already know your 2022 presuming these things land is going to be massive. Yeah. We've got three games coming out in the next two months, two and a half months. It's yeah. just what happens after that. We don't know yet. You know, we have five games in 2022 land that we would like narrow down a little bit. And a, and a couple to be announced. that we'd like to hear a little bit more about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is kind of it for the big Nintendo news there. Uh, while we're speaking of kind of business uh, information, maybe uh, let's let you know. Hey, we'll, we'll do this. All right. Another another big, big video game news this week. PlayStation has announced their acquisition of Bungie, uh, the makers, as you know, of Destiny and of, you know, Bungie from, you know, Halo. Uh, is being acquired. Um, Tim, can you check the number on it? I want to think it's like 7.34 billion. Um, I that remember thinking close. I remember thinking it is less than just just over 10% of the acquisition of Microsoft Activision Blizzard. Um, Sony buys is, Bungie for 3.6 billion. Sorry, say it again? 3.6 billion. That's 3.6 well. 3.6 billion. Huh. Not it might be seven point something billion Canadian, but it's three point oh, six billion. <laughs> I hate you so much. I hate you so much. It's three point six billion. Three point six. So like less than five percent essentially of yeah, I don't uh, know why I was thinking seven billion too. Uh, I know. I don't, I don't know. know. I guess mm. that seventy billion number was just ingrained. So it was in so big. Heads. It was so big. Yeah, yeah. That's what Nintendo's uh, buying the Nintendo dads for. That's exactly oh that's uh, guys, sorry, that's then the you leaked yeah, it. There you go. Now it's not going to happen. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, guys. My bad. We'll have to, we'll have to go to our second bidder, which was Xbox. So we'll sell the show. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah. So I thought, thought, you know, here's the thing I would say, because we do want to talk about it. And I know that it's so easy for people to be like, Oh my God, this is Sony's response to Microsoft purchasing Activision Blizzard. And it could look like that. But the reality is the response for the previous purchase. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. These things do like, listen, Sony doesn't just like get on the phone and like call up Activision or call up Destiny Blizzard, uh, Bungie. That one. To Bungie and be like, hey, how many zeros? And I'll just start writing. Um, These things take months, if not years, to end up coming to fruition. The fact that it happens to be two months after. Um, Microsoft Blizzard Thanks. Activision thing is purely coincidental, but you are very much right, Jesse. This is most likely a response in regards to what Microsoft did last year with Bethesda, which yeah. was after they made that acquisition, PlayStation probably said, we should probably start picking up some of these uh, these pieces and these companies as well. And so this was part of that, that plotting and, and, and scheduling as well. Um, I think it's interesting uh, the commentary, a lot of it being that 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 PlayStation is very well known for its first party titles, but does not have a lot of strength in the multiplayer space. And that's really what uh, Bungie's kind of bread and butter has been when you think of stuff like Halo, when you think of stuff like Destiny. So really, really what PlayStation is really kind of trying to buy is some of that skill and expertise in the multiplayer space and online games as a service space, which, again, 
they're really good at that, right? Destiny, you remember, Destiny right now is is on year eight of a 10-year plan, right? They are really good at strategic um, creation. And really, as you continue to look at games as services continue to grow in the, in the industry, Fortnite, Apex Legends, Call of Duty, blah, 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 name some more, right? Those are long-term investments that have a really high return if struck right, right? If done right. Epic is making bank on Fortnite, right? They understand that. So these big, large-scale uh, games as services platforms is really where PlayStation wants to try and get into. And the infrastructure that that Bungie has done in the pedigree of games such as Halo, uh, Destiny, they already know that industry. So that's a big reason for why they're being purchased. Um, I think it's interesting um, a lot of very nice kind of back and forth. I know Phil Spencer was like, congratulations to, to PlayStation. <laughs> right. Um, so I thought that was interesting <laughs> as well. Of course, the irony, of course, being that Bungie, who was owned by Microsoft, who did Halo, is now owned by PlayStation. There is a whole and also on the flip side of that. Microsoft now owns Crash Bandicoot. So, I mean, like, which, there's a Which whole, was a PlayStation 1 mascot. Which was a PlayStation. So, it's just like this weird, like, you know, sloppy seconds of IPs that game <laughs> consoles have that are going around here. Yes. And Mario is just like, no, I, I'm not going to participate in this. This is too much for me. Yes. Well, I like the, um, the flip of the coin there is also Bungie's probably excited about having Sony buy them and probably the reason why they were able to do this considering that they got away from microsoft a long time ago to go on their own is the the media side of things that sony can yeah. provide so do you know movies and tv shows and what have you so and i know destiny's been very interested and i didn't even think of that until uh and if you if you've heard me talk about them before i would say this again we don't have our own playstation show here but the trophy room, PlayStation guys over there in the trophy room, Mr. Badbit and Kyle um, do great, do phenomenal job talking about PlayStation stuff. And they're the ones that brought up the media side that I didn't even think of. I was just thinking like, oh, Sony got Bungie and, you know, thinking just that one side. I didn't even think about the other side that Bungie had talked about years ago wanting to do, which is break into other media. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for I think for all of these areas now, I, I think IP usage, right? Whether it's whether it is you know, like let's look at this. Um, League of Legends recently had a, a, a show on Netflix, right? Arcane or whatever it is. Uh, we have got the Halo show coming out very soon on Paramount Plus. Um, Uncharted uh, is kidding movie theaters. What this month, right? Uh, video game IPs moving off of just our, 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 our game consoles into other mediums is critical, right? Well, is now part of the multimedia structure. It gets bigger than when we saw this kind of attempt when Microsoft attempted it a little bit. And even Sony attempted it where they were trying to do everything on the council, as far as media goes between not just games, but then moving it to the TV show type yeah. thing for that bit. Now it's gotten bigger to where it's now streaming. So they need the, all of these different ways of getting media, all these different companies buying media properties to, to do, to get your subscription dollars is yeah. getting crazy. <laughs> you, you, you think for a second, that the folks over at Bungie do not have a destiny TV show, you know, six part, you know, arc mini series created a la the Mandalorian, 
right, already ready to pitch to Sony. Remember, Sony, they make movies also, right? So, like, where do you want this IP to go? We got tons of space for it, right? They're, they, are, they are a true multimedia organization with levers to pull. So, so I, this, is, this is a great move for them. Excited to see what happens. Does this mean that, you know, hey, we're going to all of a sudden see it as an exclusive? Who, like, I think the world of exclusives is like other than IP exclusives, like, so Mario will always stay on Nintendo. Right. Master Chief. I don't know if Master Chief will always stay on Xbox. Going to be really honest with you. <laughs> I think if Xbox could say we can get him anywhere else. Right. We would. I think the Horizon person will probably stay on. Stay, you know, there's some of these things. It is no longer about like those IPs don't matter. Right. I mean, or they do matter. They'll stay where their house is. But like these other industry games are now can go anywhere. Right. Although they're owned like. PlayStation and Xbox buying these companies. I'm trying to figure out my best way of saying that buying these companies just means like, instead of the companies getting the money, now we get the money. Do you know what I mean? Like we're the subsidiary company. We get that. So we're going to still have these games out everywhere, but by the way, we just get more income revenue for it. We get more streams for it as opposed to, uh, you know, we want your game as opposed to me saying I'm paying for exclusives for your, you know, for a one year exclusive for, you know, to, to come out first on my console, just like, Screw it. I'm buying your company. Right. And I'll tell you where it's going to go and I'll tell you where it's not going to go. Yeah. Um, I, I, I kind of feel in some ways like Sony and Xbox are just like playing a game of Monopoly. Right. And they're just picking up, buying up all the properties <laughs> on that strip. And if you land there, you're going to get taxed up the bejeebus. Maybe, um, or maybe Top Shop, like the game I played last week. There you go. Dr. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I see so your Mecha the, Dragon saying, thing? yeah, they uh, they already said they will not make Destiny exclusive. Of course not. Right. They're not going to make that. De- this is the other part is that more and more these companies are saying we understand the importance of community and playing wherever you are. If you say I'm going to wall, I'm going to guard, guard or put a walled fence around that content. Sure, we want you to buy our platform. That would be great. But we also understand the damage of not providing gamers the community and the connections they need. But if I can own that community and own those connections, then I have so much more power, right? And so much more influence. And that's really where they're getting into. Yeah. Um, and two, which uh, when you're talking about Monopoly, which um, space on the board is Nintendo? Like, are they a piece to buy things or are they a space on the board? Nintendo's playing bocce ball outside. <laughs> They're not playing the board game. They're not playing board. They're not Nintendo even. Nintendo is not going to get in the arms race of buying companies. No, that, but that's they the are. thing is people keep talking about, are they going to be bought no. by someone? No. Not, not Sony or Microsoft per se, but by someone. The only, like, no. I mean, at, what are you thinking like Apple and, or Google's going to roll up and be like, yo, Nintendo, we're buying Jensen. you. Tencent? No. Oh. I know. I don't think so. I don't think so. It just depends on how big the company is. I, I and I know it's harder for you know people. I think it would have to be a Japanese company coming in to buy that Japanese yeah, company if that were the case. But I, and it might even be Nintendo saying we'll we'll sell you the video game portion and not 
the whole company. I don't know. I don't see it happening either. I'm just saying it's like if you were talking about Monopoly, are they a player or are they a, a piece on the board or are they a space on the board? So it's one right now yes. I would say they're a player. Yes. <laughs> right now I say there's a player, but at one point I think they would have been a space. They're, they're a player that just keeps rolling ones. <laughs> they move and they can't slow. they can't figure out how to get past go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yep. But the entire the entire uh, business enterprise of this, I think, is fascinating. Uh, yes. The other, you know, so I mean, gentlemen, let's talk about this. Who else do we got now sitting out there? EA, Ubisoft, Square. Yeah, Monolith, was, um, I guess. Right? Does Nintendo own portions of Monolith? I think they do, don't they? I think they do. I yes. think they do. I, th- I think I think they're wholly owned. Pokemon point. Company. Yeah. Nintendo, Nintendo owns a, Nintendo owns it's a partial Pokemon owner. Company. It's like three companies. Laboratories, Nintendo owns them, portions so of them. Jeff Jeff Keeley posted back in January 18th about, you know, uh like all these big companies that are what and what they're worth. It's starting with EA at 38 billion, mm-hmm. Take Two at 18 billion, Nexon at 15 billion, Bandai Nabco for 15 billion. Didn't take two, didn't take two just purchase uh Zanga though? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Embracer. I don't know who that Embracer is. Embracer Media 10, Group. Yeah. Uh, Ten point eight billion. Net Marble is seven billion. Ubisoft is seven billion. Konami is six billion. Square Enix is five point six billion. Did you say Ubisoft is seven billion? Yes. Capcom is four point nine billion, and Sega for three point six billion. I mean. I put I that the first one that Nintendo could go for is probably Sega. That yeah. would probably make the most sense. Yeah. That's interesting. Because then, we'll nice. then we'll get Persona on Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, here's the reality. This In my is, dreams, they buy EA. <laughs> this is there. The, the, here's the deal. The 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 you know Microsoft and PlayStation's um, arms race to buy companies is not done. You will see more acquisitions by the end of this year. Yeah. Um, these are someone's prediction. I think it might have been yours, Justin. Said Nintendo would buy a company. Oh, I did. That was mine. That was, that was yours. I'm not crazy. Okay. I don't think that. <laughs> I said they were going to yeah. buy something. Nintendo? No, why? Nintendo just bought Next Level Games like a year and a half ago. Yep, they only due. they own they're like the groundhog. They only come out like once every like six years to do something. It ain't coming back like out and doing it. They're they're making moves right now. They're they're I'm they're tightening moves. up things money wise so that I'm they can moves. you know make another move and buy something. Mercury Steam is what they should have done. They should they have bought could. Mercury Steam. They still could, but they're not making. I think there's I think they'll buy something. I don't think so. You want to you want to Tim? You want to do a fart? You want to do a bet on this one? I bet I you that I Nintendo. Got a prediction how confident do you heck? feel? Because I bet you Nintendo will not purchase anyone in 2022. I will. Do say, you want to think on it? I will say probably within the next by 2024, Nintendo is going to buy a company. So you think in 2022 or 2023, Nintendo will purchase another company? Yes. Uh, I, all right, let's put it down in the books. I say they will not purchase another company before 2024. 
And you're on the other side of that, which is saying they will. Yes. So Nintendo has to have purchased a company or may, or, or now when we say this, let's be very clear here, folks, this is, so this is just like the Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal. They have said they are acquiring them. The purchase does not occur. It's not complete until June, June, 2023, blah, blah, blah. What, yeah. uh, what you're, what I'm saying to you is Nintendo will not in the next two years come out and say they are purchasing a company other than what they have already done, which is purchase next level games and the deal is closing. We'll find Correct. out who wins in episode 460. <laughs> <laughs> but do write it down because let's we're, we're going to talk about on the post show what our bet is going to be worth. Okay. Uh, you were getting you're getting uh, egged on in the chat of saying uh, <laughs> Mecha Dragons like watch tomorrow they're going to buy somebody. Uh, let's jump <laughs> in and talk about some other news as well. Earlier this week, ladies and gentlemen, Yacht Club Games presented uh, via G4. A, did a presentation where they talked about Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, which has some free updates coming soon. There'll be some DLC packs, which includes online multiplayer, mod support for a Steam version, new playable character bosses, and more, and is coming soon. They did not give an actual date. Then they talked about their next game, or the game that has been out there for a while, which is Shovel Knight Dig, and they talked about, gave some more details about bosses, levels, and said they're getting very close to completing it, hopefully it being done soon. They then mentioned Cyber Shadow, which they gave a 30% discount off. And that is uh, the OST is available and released on Bandcamp and streaming services soon. So you can pick that up. They then revealed their brand new title, Mina the Hollower, which was available at, at, um, at that moment on Kickstarter with a funding goal of $311,502. Um, and they have surpassed that, that, by the way. They have met that now. They have crushed that goal it is fully funded. You can still go back it right now if you wanted. Not a problem. As of the time of this recording, uh, the Kickstarter has over 10,000 backers and has over $580,000 in pledges. So they will absolutely be uh, funding it and going ahead with it. And the estimated delivery date of that was December 2023. Um thoughts on this uh, event here folks. Uh, meet, you know, I think the biggest thing to take away from it Yacht Club Games, they've done a lot with Shovel Knight. They're still doing stuff with Shovel Knight. They've got games for Shovel Knight, but they are moving on to a new IP, which is Mina the Hollow, where you can check out the trailer. It's very much an old school NES game in, you know, that you would expect from this audience. Uh, Jesse, thoughts on the game, the funding, the Kickstarter? What is it? How, how do you, what do you, what's your take on this? Well, my, my initial thought when, when it was done was that's it. <laughs> yep. I, was, I was expecting they, they, you know, they titled it Yacht Club Games Presents. So I'm thinking, like, what happens when Pokemon Presents or Nintendo Presents? This normally 50, like 30 or 40 games to talk about. But no, they literally talked about four games, of which one of them was new. So, but uh, the it took me a while to figure out what... That was a weird goal, three hundred eleven thousand five hundred two. So, someone in the chat pointed out that that was the exact number raised by the original Shovel Knight Kickstarter. Oh, interesting. So that's why they had that number. So, yeah, no, th this the game isn't not happening if this goal wasn't met. This was kind of a joke, kind of just a way to say, okay, here, want to pre-order the game? Here's a way to do it. Um, yeah. it, it they they did say, you know, it's the. They have other backing. They're they're using their own their own back end funds to fund this as well. So this is just basically a glorified pre order, but mm -hmm. still they almost doubled it in less than forty eight hours. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I and I mean I suspect before they're in they're before they're done here, they'll be knocking on on a million, I think, pretty close to. Um usually when it's like, oh, it is definitely funded for sure, then more people are more sometimes jump on it as well to help with that. Becca right. um, asks, do we still call them an indie, indie dev? I'd say yes, because they're they they're self-publishing. Yeah, I mean, they're st- I mean, they are still very much an indie developer, right? They're, I mean, w- here's the thing: is I think that they have they're an indie developer who who understood the value of their IP, struck at a right time, and has and have rode that gravy train to the bank, uh, Mecca. Uh, Even though now that they are publishing other people's games as well, yeah, but still, most of what they do is their own independently developed game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, I mean, here's the thing is it did feel a bit, you know, and I, I was saying this on the stream and I did a live reaction to it going back to Kickstarter for this game kind of, and I, and Jesse, I love the fact that you just said it, it's just a glorified pre-order system for this case, because the climate of what Kickstarter was back when Shovel Knight was first there versus the climate of what Kickstarter is now for game developers is very different, Right. Shovel Knight was kind of the real first big success story of it was on Kickstarter. It had this amazing success. It kind of became like the everyone wants to do that. And we have seen a bunch of games that have taken that model and decide to go that way as, as the Kickstarter and are still not delivered yet. I'm not going to name games, right? I'm not going to do that. But I looked at my list and I have a list of six games that I have funded by Kickstarter that I have still not received yet. Um, will I receive them? I think by, by, by contract I'm supposed to, but I know, I don't really know. Um, but it's yeah, a very different no. climate. Yeah, just because you're, you back a Kickstarter does not guarantee what they promise will ever happen. Yeah. Now here's the other part of that is so, so it's very easy to, to wait to, you know, mm, I don't know about this. This feels wrong. Ah, right. Uh, but I'm going to remind you that the creators of the messenger Right. And the folks who are bringing us Sea of Stars, that game that looks like Chrono Trigger that we all like lost our mind on, that game is was funded through Kickstarter. They yeah, I'm said, one of those backers. They said, our approach is we're going to do Kickstarter. And if you think about it, you're like, but I don't understand why. The thing about Kickstarter that is kind of good is you create a lot of hype up front on it. You can actually set your goal, you can meet that goal, you get those funds right away. As opposed to development time, you know, you're kind of running a deficit. You put the game out and you hope to make the money back. You're getting those funds early enough to be able to say, I have made the money back. And you actually get like a second wave of influencers and reviewers and people who are excited about it because, oh, my code has arrived. Here it is. And they're like, oh, wow, this game's out there. It's amazing. And you're like, yeah, you can pick it up on the eShop right now. So as long as they like don't two- mess up the distribution of the codes, true, say, true story. two weeks after release. True story, right? So there is this kind, of like, this kind of like knock-on wave effect. So I don't necessarily blame it. It just felt a bit weird for Shovel Knight, this, this company that's literally publishing other people's games, to say, knock, knock, we're going to Kickstarter. But again, we don't run a development studio. We don't do those things. Strategically, it makes sense. Um, when you think about it from a financial perspective, right? From when they get the funds, they can do what they need to. They definitely have, they definitely know the runway they have. They're getting actually more money, getting more pre-orders. Like inevitably, here's the deal. I know I'm probably going to buy the game. So why don't I just give the money now? I don't know. Tim, what do you think? I think it's one of those things where I did go look at this and I decided not to back it because it wasn't my kind of game at this point. It's not. And I might miss out on it once I do figure it out. Hey, actually, I do like this, like Sea of Stars. 
So, but you can still um, buy it later when it comes out. But I'm gonna buy it when it comes out. So, because I'm looking forward to that. But this one is like, uh, uh it's not. It, it didn't appeal to me what they were showing me there and stuff. Like, and I I backed away. <laughs> so very slowly. <laughs> so I wouldn't get sucked into the whole because I can get sucked into some of these things too. It's like so they, instead of backing it, you backed off. I backed off, yeah, because I can get sucked <laughs> into the whole, you know, if you support at this level, you'll get X, Y, and Z, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And you get your name in the game and all that kind of stuff. So um, but I was able to say no and uh just and I think they'll if they haven't, I think they got their goal, right? They, their goal was mm-hmm. met. So yeah. um it's just like when it comes out, maybe I'll change my mind. But right now it's like I'm kind of like uh a little bit there's too many games out there now with the whole retro look and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, I need, I need different. I'm, I'm looking for different mm-hmm. kind of like what we were talking about before with Arceus, you know, I, I said, I wasn't going to buy any more Pokemon games, but because it's different, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this one. And sure enough is so, but we'll talk yeah. about that later. No, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, folks. So again, if you're interested, you can check that out as well. Uh, let's check. Do we have any other news? Oh, uh, game releases that it's update. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, do you like baseball? Because MLB The Show 2022 is yes. arriving on Nintendo Switch on April 5th. Tim, are you excited for this? I am so excited that this is, uh, I mean, I know there's another baseball game out there that's pretty good too. And I'm excited for what they do because I think he bought them anyways. Um, so, um, but Super Mega Baseball, I think it was. Uh, and, and that that company there, but MLB the show is a phenomenal game for the PlayStation. It always has been and it coming to the switch. And I already know it's not going to run the same as it does on the PlayStation and Xbox, but if it plays well enough for me to have a, have fun and that's on the go, that's what I'm looking forward to. And that's, I played, I played a lot of games, the sports games in handheld that I knew was not going to be in the same level as the home council. And being that this is a tad bit pop, uh, more powerful, the switch is a tad bit more powerful than, you know, a handheld would normally be. Um, I'm hoping to get something fun to play on the go with, with a uh, proper baseball game. Absolutely. And I'm hoping it does well enough to where it's like, okay, we can do a football game as well. Somebody did does they, a football game. Did they talk crossplay to all in this? Uh yes. Yes, there is yep. crossplay. Nice. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. I, I didn't cross know progression this was coming, as well. Yeah, I, I didn't know this was coming to the Switch because I remember last last year's version of MLB the show was not on Switch, but it did come out on Xbox for the first time. Uh I, I think that I I, I don't have any sources on this. Is I think I've heard this that uh, was kind of, when PlayStation went to MLB to renew their license. MLB said this needs to be cross-platform, or else we're not giving it to you. So, so they did. They and had to do it. So, so, so PlayStation self-published it on PlayStation, and it was marked. You know, for the the Xbox version, it was marked as being published by MLB Baseball directly. Mm. So it's, so it didn't look like Sony is publishing an Xbox game, mm-hmm. and then still Xbox was able to put that on Game Pass. So still kind of like a middle finger to Sony still. So but so, <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm sure presuming, they got, had to give money for that, but yeah. Oh yeah, but uh, but 
I'm not, so I'm presuming this Xbox version will be on Game Pass as well, and plus we're getting the Switch version this time. Yep. Nice. Well, folks, I think that's that's kind of it for the news, isn't it? It is big news. One heck of a week after a couple of weeks One of nothing. Heck of a week. <laughs> I think I think it's just gonna it's just gonna keep rolling. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be yes. All right, we're gonna kick over to the ad break. Uh, then, gentlemen, after the ad break, I need to step away for a couple of minutes. Uh, so if you can run through the events, um, Pokemon Minute, and maybe depending on if I'm back in time, because I'd love to have this conversation with you guys about the Pokemon Arceus stuff. Like sure. to be part of that. If you if, if maybe we can jump over what you've been playing. Or just do some, do some high level of that. And then I'd love to come back for just a dedicated Arceus conversation. Is that okay? Yeah, we, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Okay, perfect. I we'll save Arceus so, for by the time you get back. Yeah, perfect. So let's, uh, let's jump over to our ad break. Ladies and gentlemen, support Nintendo Dads is brought to you by Manscaped. Now, roses are red, violets are blue, and don't let those wild pubes wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner. And our sponsors over at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leader in below-the-belt grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go over to manscaped.com and use the code NINDADS, N-I-N-D-A-D-S, for 20% off and free shipping. Gentlemen, let me ask you, how much are you loving your Manscaped stuff? Tim, what is your favorite product that you use? I carry with me the the lip balm with me everywhere, especially during the cold or months and stuff. Yeah. And I keep that on me all the time. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to trying their shaving cream or their shaving stuff because mm. uh, I got to, you know, keep this stuff trimmed over here yeah. and over here. You know, I got to keep it looking nice. So I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe trying some of that as well. But um, right. I, I I use their products all the time. So yeah. it's, it's great. Nice. And buy them too. So they don't send us everything for free. I had to buy some things. <laughs> yeah, but you're using that code NINDADS, N-I-N-D-A-D-S at checkout for 20% off and free shipping, I assume. That is correct. I am using NINDADS for 20% off and free shipping. Yes. Good. Excellent. Jesse, what are you using? I, I like the, the, the shampoo with mm-hmm. uh, and body wash mm-hmm. that I uh, use that the most. And one, one thing I've been wanting to buy, but I haven't gotten around to it, was that single edge razor i think tim says he has it yeah the plow clean up to clean up some, like underneath or like yep. the under the chin of my beard yep. right now i'm using like a disposable razor and it just doesn't work on half the time so yeah it's it is great um it, it does take some getting used to if you're used to the five blade thing <laughs> but it's it's actually nice for for trimming because it's a single blade and i can get pretty close and stuff so it's pretty nice yeah, that's exactly. It. I mean, folks, I mean, we've talked about, of course, the lawnmower 4.0. We've talked about the weed whacker. And of course, you think, hey, Manscaped, so you're thinking below the belt grooming. And they are absolutely fantastic below the belt grooming, right? We all love them. They do an absolutely fantastic job. Great products. But they have so much more, just as Tim has mentioned, the lip balm, as Jesse has mentioned, the razor blades, right? Uh, I, and the shampoo and body conditioning and the body wash and the deodorants they have. They have expanded their suite of products for more than just the lawnmower 4.0. So if you're new to manscaping, you're like, maybe I don't need to be manscaped, but I absolutely love some fantastic products that I can use every single day. Head over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code NINDADS, N-I-N-D-A-D-S at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. And by the way, if you're doing that, let us know what products you're picking up. Are you picking up some deodorant? You're picking up some ball deodorant? You're picking up some chapstick? You're picking up the weed whacker or maybe the, the lawnmower 4.0 or maybe some boxers or some tool sheds or some shampoos? Let us know. Send us a picture 
only of the product, not of you using the product. That is not cool. And I don't want to see that. Again, big thanks to our sponsors, Manscaped, for their continued support. And yeah, if, if, if you want to do that, send it to John and. Yeah, exactly. Send that to Dads After Dark, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, again, that is Nindads, N-I-N-D-A-D-S, uh, at manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. Thanks very much for our sponsorships with Manscaped. And uh, by the way, of course, I would be remiss if I did not mention our fantastic friends over at Gooder. We talked about that code Nindads, N-I-N-D-A-D-S. Hey, Gooder has got some glasses for you as well, just like I'm wearing here. These are the... Uh, it's not just a game. It's not just a game. Glasses, uh, blue light protectors, blue light mirage to help you protect against green, uh, the blue light from the screens. I use them for gaming all day. I use them for being in front of my computer all day. Uh, we are so thankful for our sponsors and, and their support over at Gooder as well. Again, that is Nindads, N-I-N-D-A-D-S, uh, for 15% off at checkout. Uh, They're fantastic glasses. Gentlemen, I'm going to throw over to you for the event section and the Jesse's Poke Minute. And it better just be a minute-ish. It's never a minute. Never we'll find out. Minute. All right. <laughs> Back in a bit. All right. So the dinner table, just a reminder, every third Friday of the month, we have the dinner table where the Nintendo Dads community get together and just you know talk about life we talk about whatever we're watching we nerd out i talk about whatever games we're playing any life happenings that we need to discuss anything that anybody needs to get off their chest it's been great the last couple months we haven't been recording so i felt uh because of the last time or the time we did that i think it was december we didn't record uh, I felt people were more open and more comfortable. So we're not recording these for the foreseeable future. So if you want to be a part of it and don't want to miss out, you can be part of the dinner dinner table, which is part of your Patreon or Twitch subscribing um, uh, subscription um, where you can get into our discord and join again every third Friday of the month and come chit chat with everybody in the community that joins. Uh, this last month, we talked about a Spider-Man movie. Cause it's been yeah. enough yeah, time. Sp- Spider-Man was the topic, but it expanded. We talked a little bit. We about talked Wars. about so we talked, <laughs> we talked about MCU, the wider picture. Yep. So yeah, pretty much. So it's pretty much anything goes in, yep. these, in these calls. Yep. Yeah. And we talk about our kids. We talk about uh, other people's kids, <laughs> our neighbor's <laughs> kids. Uh, but yeah, again, every third Friday of every month, um, it's been pretty consistent. So it can't get confused at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or Daylight Savings Time if it, that changes eventually in March. Uh, but it'll be, uh, again, this third Friday of this month. And we don't have a topic yet, but we're still getting together regardless whether I have a topic or not. But we always have at least a, a what I call a main dish for the dinner table. Uh, so, and we were up pretty late the last one too, weren't we, Jesse? Or I know yeah, you bailed, I, but we, I, I bailed early, but you know, that's not like, that early. <laughs> it, it, well, I, I bailed before it ended, but that was like one yes. thirty in the morning central time. So it would, it yeah, went we long. Were, it was we like over four hours. Yeah. We were, <laughs> we were, a lot of us were chatting about all kinds of stuff and, if, uh, I don't know if Spider Shan is on, but he was on and he was having a good old time because he could get out all his Spider-Man and Marvel knowledge <laughs> and Star Wars knowledge. So uh, it was a lot of fun. So but that's that's the upcoming events. Um, 
let's pass it on over to Jesse's Poke Minutes, which is never a minute. I hate you all. So we're going to start off with what I have back some background music going on now. It's the opening title sequence music from Diamond and Pearl, you know, the original DS game, not the remake. The reason why I am doing this, and I'll probably continue to do this, is the Pokemon Company released the Pokemon DP Sound Library. It's a 149-track soundtrack of the Diamond and Pearl that is now available for content creators to use for various non-commercial projects, including background music for videos and podcasts. Uh, you can listen or download the tracks at soundlibrary.pokemon.co.jp, not gp, jp, slash en for the, you get the English page. Again, soundlibrary.pokemon.co.jp slash en. So, uh, I do have one small Pokemon Go announcement. The the, the Lunar New Year event started on Tuesday morning. It'll go until the 7th at 8 p.m. local time. Lit Leo is available to be shiny for the first time. And uh, Hisunian Voltorb has made its appearance in Pokemon Go and could be caught in the wild during this event. Voltorb, at this point, cannot evolve. It's probably because it'd be a spoiler for event in the other game. But, uh, it, it, it's hints that he'll be able to evolve in the future. So, maybe a nice. little more than a minute, but that's all I got this week. <laughs> Jesse's Pokemon Minute, never a minute. Let's do <laughs> what we've been playing. All right, let's talk about everything about Pokemon Arceus before Justin gets back. Hurry. No, <laughs> no, no. Uh, I've got, I think, a few weeks of games to talk about that I didn't get to talk about before. So I can go over those. That should take up some good time there before Justin gets back. Yeah, I think it's been like four weeks since you last had a chance to talk about. <laughs> right. Because it was, right. You, weren't, you weren't here last week. And then the last, previous two weeks, we uh, were time we skipped measured, over. So we skipped. Yeah. It. All right. So I got some games to cover here. So um, I started playing and I finished Far Lone Sales. I beat that game because um, that we have the um, new Far game coming out soon. I don't remember. I think there was a date announced. Um, I can dig that Lone, up. I think see, Lone Sales and then it's um, something Tides. Changing Tides, which Changing releases tides, March 1st. Thank you. Yeah. So changing tides is coming out. So I wanted to check out, I was like, how did I miss this game when they announced changing tides? So I played it. Fantastic game. Uh, the, the, the graphics and the visuals in that game is just breathtaking. Um, and especially just, I was very immersed in the game, especially I, when I played it at night in bed and had my headphones on and just had the switch up to my face, essentially playing there playing. Uh, and as it just a management, you're managing your ship, trying to get across land essentially um, to a point where it, you're trying to, I think, get, get connected with others uh, because you're alone in this world, essentially. So there's a story there. I don't want to give away too much. Um, and it's basically, there's, there's no audio as far as the story goes, no 
no reading or anything like that. You're basically, you're kind of building it yourself based on the visuals, but overall I would say it's a, uh, it's a fantastic game and on my list of favorites for sure. Um, heaven dust, heaven dust two is another game I played that we got a review code for. And I did a video on that on YouTube. Uh, heaven dust two is a, um, a resident evil type survival game, I would say where you have to manage your supplies and um, you wake up in, in an underground facility and you're making your way through by grabbing things to wear weapons to use and managing your bullets and your wet weapons and stuff, because you can't just go shooting crazy. And there's also puzzles where in order for you to get through a room, you got to figure out how to get out of it. Uh, so it's kind of puzzly in that way, uh, triggering uh, certain doorways or, or hidden areas to unlock um, is actually pretty cool. I liked it. Uh, I haven't been able to jump back into it, obviously, because of other games that I'll be talking about shortly. Uh, but it is one I, it is still on my switch. So if you know about games and me and how much I have limited space on my switch compared to a lot of other people, I only have. I think I said 200 gigs on my switch, uh, memory card. So, cause I got it in the first year and I went with the 200 gig one. So I, I get rid of games that I'm not playing. If I'm not into it, I will download it again. Eventually, maybe if I think of it, but, uh, I get rid of them and heaven, heaven dust has remained on my switch to hopefully play eventually. So, and if you like survival games like resident evil, where you have to manage your, your, equipment and your, uh, supplies, uh, give it a, give it a look. Uh, I played the company man demo. I know a lot of you guys were talking about that before. Uh, we, I know Marty's played it. I think just Jesse, did you play that? The company man? I, have not, I think Marty got the actual review code for that. So I think okay. he has the full game. Okay. I could be wrong, but I think someone's got the full game code for that. Gotcha. Yeah. So company man demo, I played that and had a lot of fun with it. Cracking up through the whole thing. Uh, especially cause, um, if you worked in an office environment and even there's a part in the demo where you're going through customer service, you actually get kicked out to the, to the lower end of it, which they consider, uh, cause you're, you're, you start off, I guess, trying to, make your way up the corporate ladder and then uh, you do something that irritates one of the bosses and they kick you down to the lower end of the corporate ladder, which is customer service. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny, uh, especially with everybody in jail sales in the background, uh, jail cells in the background, um, <laughs> make taking calls and stuff. I thought that was pretty funny. So instead of cubes, they're, uh, they're in j- jail, jail cells. cells. Yes. That's kind of funny. And then there's a, there's a lady who breathes fire every time she gets off the phone with somebody. It's kind of funny. Uh, uh, NHL 94 rewind. I've been play I played that on the Xbox. Oh my gosh. That brings back memories. I'm just slightly, I'm slightly perturbed that I can't play online with people like, like Chris HL, you know, cause I've been trying to think, Hey, get an Xbox and we can play. Nope. It's not online. You can't play it. You got it. I think it's only local play. But if you have a PS4 and you have it downloaded, you can do share play, which he does not have a PS4, so I can't play against him then there either. Um, but I'm hoping that EA does something about that and gets re- rewind going for people to play online. And I always said, EA, 
you know, cause I know they listen, you know, they listen uh-huh. to us all the time. You know, I would say just bring all, just bring a whole bunch of rewind games to the switch and you're going to have a ton of people playing those games. You can do an NHL rewind with that has the classic look, but with newer players, you can do a Madden one. You can do basketball. If you got the license, you can do baseball. If you got the license, you know, you can do all kinds of sports games with that. So uh, enough of that headland, which is a game that the Nindads after dark uh, <laughs> guys had a lot of fun with that title, but uh, it is an, a very interesting game. I'm not sure what to compare it to, uh, the closest thing I could compare it to was um, a collect-a-thon type game, maybe even like a Donkey Kong, not visually, but just where you have to collect. Um, you have to collect a lot of different things throughout the game. Um, I did a re- I did a, a let's play of that one as well. It's out on YouTube, and um, that one was very interesting to play too. But unfortunately, it's not my type of game to play. I don't want to just go through and not right now at least right now again like i said earlier i'm more into playing things that are different probably more narrative type stories headland has kind of a narrative in the background or and i can't even remember to be honest what the narrative was about it's just basically you're going in to save something i don't even remember if it was a princess or something but you you're going in um i like the graphics i like the way it plays and I think a lot of people would be interested in it. So I would say, go check out the video that I have there to see if that's something you'd be interested in. Um, as far as that type of game where you can go in, you can upgrade your weapons, you can upgrade them on based on the things you can collect in there. And uh, certain items you do collect will allow you to open up other areas to collect new weapons and uh, abilities. Um, so I'm probably not doing it justice, but again, go check out the video. Uh, Shadow Man Remastered. I also played and did a Let's Play video of that. That is a remaster of a Nintendo 64 game of the same name, Shadow Man. I've never heard Uh, of this game until that people started talking about it in Discord. It plays like a Nintendo 64 game, even though it's on the Switch. So nothing bad about that. It does look great for... um, let me take that back. It looks good for being a Nintendo 64. You can tell they enhance the graphics, kind of like the uh, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. You know that you, if if you remember how that game looked, it's kind of got that same kind of jagged edges, kind of big polygon feel to it. Uh, although they were smoothed out, it's still going to look like a smoothed out a Nintendo 64 game. Um, there has some similar i had some similar camera issues with that like i would imagine nintendo 64 games had uh with who who may not have got the camera and platforming parts of the game down uh yet but the story is very interesting where you're kind of like a um it's kind of voodoo based um kind of like i guess what the shadow man comes from um and shadow man has some powers and goes to the netherworld essentially and uh, has to um, stop uh, hell from coming onto earth essentially and taking over. So that would be uh, a bad thing. Yes. So, and it kind of gave me some uh, um, shoot. I can't remember. I couldn't remember this during the stream either. There was a game on the PlayStation that I 
played that was kind of like dark going through hell, the seven layers of hell type thing. Uh, Dante's Inferno. Yes. Thank you. Dante's Inferno. For some reason, I can't remember the name every time I go to think of it, but it kind of gives me that feeling where you have to go through some levels of hell to get through and uh, to beat um, the end bosses and such. Uh, This one has where you have to go and collect some artifacts to give you more powers to get to reach deeper parts of the, um, the netherworld. So again, very interesting game. I did have a video there on that as well. Again, if you want to go check that out. Um, and if you don't mind the graphics and want, uh, it is fun. And I would say it's worth a try, especially if you're in that kind of game. Uh, Cubix, uh, a game that's not new. It's something I've had in my life. Uh, that I re-downloaded because it was in my library. I think I bought it in 2017 or 2018. But the reason why I like this game and got it back, I re-downloaded it is because it's based on the similar mechanics of a game called Key. Uh, it's an old, and it's spelled Q-I-X. So it sounds like K-E-Y, but it's spelled Q-I-X. And it was a game I used to play to death on the 5200, Atari 5200. It's basically a, a year... Um, a glowing dot on a line and you have to draw lines through, um, through the oh, square. Yeah. Try to and, avoid, the, and, avoid the creatures that are. Yeah. You got to avoid the zappy thing in there. I'm talking about the original key and now uh, cubics is the same way, but it's in a 3d plane. So uh, three has 3d planes. So you're doing it in a cube where you're drawing the lines, trying to take out sections of the cube to um and not get zapped by these other creatures that either go in in that plane or along the line um for some reason i really like it and i had to pick i had to uh re-download it because i actually just uh re-bought key for the game boy because it actually came up for the game boy from retro logic because he was doing a sale on his stuff and i bought that and i can't play that because i don't have a game boy right now and i don't know where my sp is so, <laughs> and of course, Jesse's got his handy, but um, I, I was like, oh, wait, there's a, I wanted to see if there was a game like it on the switch. And I was like, found Cubics. And I was like, oh, I already own that. So I re-downloaded that. And it's a fun puzzly game. So really easy to pick up and play. Uh, I also been saying I, uh, or said, I think I mentioned this earlier, maybe in the pre-show, but no, at the beginning of the show, I've been playing games with Sam and that game has been, it's, it takes two on the Xbox. We've been having loads of fun. And today I took like a half a day from work uh, off because he was home from school and I was home too. And I was like, Hey, let, let me try to take some time off so we could play some more. Unfortunately, I still got called into a meeting, so I had to go to a meeting anyways. So, <laughs> and then we played some more after that and uh he wanted to keep playing but it it's a it's really fun we we got into the um we're in the stages where we have to without trying to give away too much we have to get four pieces of our daughter's uh, the characters in the in the game our daughter's letter uh there's four pieces of it we have to get together uh before we can um get out of this predicament that we're in because we're toys uh sammy and i are playing a mom and dad who become toys their daughter make make her parents turn into toys essentially or they they wake up into toys uh because they're getting a divorce and she's sad and 
they're angry. They're always yelling at each other or arguing about something and uh, some magic happens and they become toys and they have to figure out how to work things out. And it's been very interesting to watch uh, from my perspective and also to see what Sammy's perspective of things are on it too. So it is everything it deserves to be and what they got for the game awards last year uh, for game of the year. Um, I highly recommend it. If you haven't played this one, play it with somebody and it's, it is a lot of fun. Uh, Inscription. uh, I've been playing that. And every time I wrote it down here to try to talk about it, we kept skipping it. But by the time I get to talk about it, I can talk about that. I beat it. Uh, And it is a fantastic mind bender of a game. And I love those type of games. That's why I wanted to play it. I heard so much about it being crazy. Uh, along the lines of some of those other games that I've played that Jesse and I talk about a lot. Uh, yeah. So, I've been thinking about doing a third run of this game when I was done with Pokemon. Nice. Yeah. So there's a lot going on there. There's so there's so many secret things going on in there that you, I don't see how anybody could pick it up on their first go around. So if possibly, cause I know Jesse, you said you missed a couple things and I know, even though I, was digging into a lot of areas. I still missed some things, especially in the second, um, second act. So, um, I can understand why people go in and play, play it a few times. Anything yeah, like else? My first time through, I, I missed both keys, so I couldn't unlock those doors in act three. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, and I fortunately, uh, benefited from Jesse playing through already and he drew out a map. So I was able to follow along his map and make sure I didn't miss anything while I played. (laughs) So, uh, I was, it was very handy and I got that map that was for the, um, the second act, right? That map. Third act. No, third third act. act. Is it the, oh yeah, it is the third act. Okay. That's right. Yeah. So the third act. Yeah. So yeah. Cause I told him where I got through the first act and got some stuff that he didn't. And, but I still miss, missed uh, some of the things in the first act too. So still so much. So I uh, highly recommended right now. It's only available, available for PC. I think it could come to council very creatively. I'm sure. Uh, but I think it could come to council and it is a devolver published game. So it's possible it could come to switch and maybe even the others. Um. We'll be talking about Pokemon Legends Arceus soon. Uh, so I'll talk about that more soon. And I will be talking about possibly at the next show. Yep. The next show, I should be able to talk about Ocean's Heart, is it, which is a game I'm playing, uh, started playing as well. So that's all I can say about that. Jesse. Okay. So um, I I talked about the games last on last week's solo show that I've been playing over the last few weeks, though I missed one. I, w- I wanted to talk about uh, Tetris 99. Uh, they had the, the another event, Maximus Cup, they call it, I think, where this was featuring the theme from Pokemon Legends Arceus. And <laughs> I only broke the top 53 times, so it was a lot it was just a lot of slow grinding to get the points. But the thing that made it nice is, you know, that, that first stage music, you know, but you know, when you're between 99 and 50 is the same music played in the first region of the game in the, like the overworld when there's no events going on. It is just like most calm, 
and relaxing piece of music I've ever heard. And like a minute into it, there's this it's, it has this cello just comes out of nowhere, and I I'm like, okay, I have to show my son this. And he, when he heard it, the, he just went woo because you know I I played cello when I was in high school. He played cello when he was in high school, and uh, still likes good cello music. So that's that, that's nice. the thing that kind of kept me going. So I was finally able to. I missed points. out on that one. I missed out on the Tetris. Like I, I had four games where I got bottom, like, like 95th place or something like that. So I got one point. So at one point I had 99 points. I'm like, ah, I have to play this one more time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, be I, tough. Yeah. I did. I did unlock it. Mecca says the giant instrument. Uh, it, it's, it's not as big as the string bass, but it's the one down from that. It's, it's the, you sit down and play it as opposed to standing up. That's nice. the cello. Okay, so then other than that, I, I the only other game I played all this week is Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, and now that Justin's back, we can kind of have a, that conversation. Nice. So. You ready, Justin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I was very interested to hear about about your experience with Pokemon Arceus because I so full transparency for those of you who are curious uh everyone except for me on the team uh has Arceus so Marty has Arceus as well big thanks to Nintendo for providing us a review copy uh, that we've been able to access there as well um it has been very interesting I had pre-ordered this game GameStop you don't need to put out money so it's kind of basically like a, just to hold it if you could um and I had forgot I had pre-ordered it they called me and I was like, I don't really know. You know, am I just going to like, am I just going to throw it on the back pile, the backlog? Like I remember I have played sun and moon. I have played sword and shield, right? Is this, is this what I need it to be? And, and, And again, I come from a person who does not have any nostalgia for it, but what I saw over the weekend. And again, I think this is the, this is what happens with any kind of game, right? Is the, is the pop right? Everybody's playing it. All the feedback's coming in. It had really mixed reviews kind of across the board. IGN gave it like a seven. Their Italian Italy team gave it a five. And then like GameSpot, I think of them gave it like a 9.5. Like it was kind of all over the place. I've heard of, of, of hard frame rates. Graphics don't look good. But when you wipe away those things, everyone is like, this is oh awesome. So I would love, and I know that Jesse you know, we had a bit of a dialogue about kind of, we had a game of code that came and I said, Hey, could you take it? And you were like, I don't want to put down Pokemon. Um, so I just, I just want to like <laughs> sit in this pocket for a little bit. And I want to be yeah, cautious. That ocean is hard that Tim's playing was offered to me first and I declined it. Yeah. And I, so I want to be cautious of spoilers, but I would love to hear where does this land with the two of you? How, what are your thoughts on it? Is this, you know, the, the, the reimagining that it needs to be, is it the best thing under the sun? Go so I'll I'll stop there. All right, for uh, big picture, yeah, it is a the gameplay is complete, pretty much completely different. Uh, it this I don't know if this means this is the future. You know, Gen Nine just might be back to its old, uh, the the old gameplay again. But at least here, the so it, it it's not completely open world it's not like breath of the wild where you can run from one end of the continent to the other there's it's kind of like monster hunter 
ish in that the zones are sectioned. So like from the town, you go to whatever zone you want to go to. But once you're in the zone, it's the zones are huge and it is free roam. And there will yeah. there'll be there'll be some areas blocked off that you can't access due to you don't have you don't have access to the Pokemon ride Pokemon with the skills needed to do it. But once you unlock them, you, the the whole map can be explored. So yeah, when, you, from go ahead from the start when I got to the first camp, um, the the main girl that. Uh, helping me out in the game i forget her name i'm bad with the name stuff so just like you just i'm not gonna yeah i'm not gonna say the names right or remember them right so but yeah the my partner um who shows me around she's like okay i'm gonna go do these things meet me down here and and this was the first uh camp and it was like kind of like part of the tutorial well I was like, screw that. I went off to another uh, path that was open to the left of me. And I went back that way. And I went all the way around picking up Pokemon, picking up supplies and for crafting and all that kind of stuff. And then went back to her and she's like, oh, hey, yeah, we need to do this. Oh, I, you already did it <laughs> or something like that. You know, yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. My first time through, I, I was playing it after we I recorded last week. So I was still kind of tired. So I wasn't all there mentally so i missed how to like you could for each quest whether it's the main quest or one of the side quests you can set a flag that'll then give you points on the map and in your hud about where you need to go so breath of the wild (laughs) yeah so you know i'm playing as the girl character so the the partner there is the male uh so like like his third position i lost him i didn't know where he was so then I did did what you did. I just went out and explored, and yeah. then when I came when I came back Saturday or Friday morning or Friday afternoon after work, then I found out how to flag it. I'm like, oh, that's where he is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. So it is it is different because of uh, what I've what really clicked with me as far as this being different was the first boss battle. Uh, the what'd you call it, Jesse? The um, the the quailing. The- you're 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 quelling a frenzied quelling. lord yes. pokemon yes so uh doing that was phenomenal to me was just so much different from any other pokemon game i've played when you're fighting a gym yeah. person yeah. or whatever it's not a you're turn-based move- thing it's, it's all action <laughs> yes i'm throwing things at it trying to dodge things that it's throwing at me and uh then then there's a certain point where you have to then release your pokemon to do some battle to weaken it a little bit more and uh and all that kind of stuff so it mixes all of these elements of the what you know to be pokemon where you're you know doing your battle with the pokemon you've got against that particular pokemon and then also throwing some things at it that you put together with the other with other members that are helping you other people that are helping you from the other tribe i think in this case was the diamond tribe uh so they were again it was just like this is so this is so cool because this is different this is not me sitting here waiting for that move waiting then do mine then do theirs and there's still some of that there but it's just framed so differently and done so well and so smooth that i'm just like cool 
so far it's cool. So far I'm not getting bored. Uh, right now, the only thing that I am running into, and I mentioned this to Jesse before, was just the overwhelming options I have to either go on the main mission or go on a side mission. But I mean, we have that with a lot of other games too, like this, to where you get main missions and side missions and you can decide to go do one thing over the other. And one article that I shared in the Pokemon area was they suggested you do more of the side missions to help build up your team and your skills and your ranking and all that. Um, um, but it, it's the yeah. same thing. It's kind of like the same in a way, there's still some linear things you got to go do first to get farther in there. But in a way it is like breath of the wild where once that area opens up, you can go there and do whatever you want and explore and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So like you're given the main goal of we want to create this Pokedex and fill it up. So the more you do it, the higher your rank within your group is like galaxy team, I think. Um, And, and with maximum being up to 10 stars and that is your substitute for badges. So the more stars you get, then you, that's the flags to the game that lets you have access to more items in the store higher level Pokemon can listen to you, etc. So I th- I'm currently at seven stars. And at that point, level hundreds will listen to me, but there's still things that I'm th- I don't have access to yet. So there's still more items that uh, will get unlocked to me because, you know, there's See, still three Jesse, more levels left. Jesse's that level because obviously playing lots of hours into it. Like you said, what, 50 hours, Jesse? Is what well, 30, I'm, I'm about 30 hours in 30. Okay. Uh, where mine is, I've been trying to put in at least a couple hours every day if possible. And I'm, I got three stars, but I'm doing a lot. I'm not just go pushing forward on the missions, the main missions I've been trying to, okay, I do a main mission and I'll go and try to see what I can knock out on the side missions as well. Again, that's where you can get overwhelmed though, too. It's like, I keep talking to people and seeing what missions are there. And I've got all these side missions I can pick and choose from. So it can get a little overwhelming there if you if you if you tend to get overwhelmed with those kind of things. So <laughs> yeah, uh, Matthew, who is notoriously doesn't do side quests in games, he normally mainlines as much as he can. Uh, he he rolled credits on it last night, and he only got to rank six. Mm. <laughs> so. And then in side quests, I think I've I counted them uh, the other night when I was playing it. I finished over fifty of them. I think I have like ten or fifteen open. So there's still a lot to do. So I mean, does this, you know, and I know that Jesse, you're a longtime Pokemon player, uh, right? Is this is this is this what you want it to be? Is this like? Yeah, because uh, like with with the Gen Four remakes a few months ago, I was bored pretty quickly, and th- this is really refreshing. It's a, a, a new take on the combat battle system. You know, there, there's still some familiarity. Like if like if another, they don't call them trainers yet here, but uh, if another Pokemon welder wants challenges you and you accept it then it's a pokemon battle this is exactly what you expect it to be turn-based and back and forth though sometimes they can there's no pokemon league rules here obviously because so they're able to 
like put, throw out as many Pokemon as they want. I think I've, I've seen up to three, but for some reason you're still limited to one. So mm. I kind of wish they would have let me put two or three out there if they're putting two or three out there. Mm-hmm. So, that, but you know, generally like my Pokemon are level 60 and they're throwing out three levels, twenties and thirties. So yeah. I can still one hit them, but still it's just the optics is this doesn't seem fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and even in the wild, so some Pokemon will run if some will chase you. So you can have multiple Pokemon chasing you, and when you if you choose to encounter them, you could you can you can throw a po- one of your Pokemon at them to engage it. Then you, you will engage the the two or three chasing you at the same time, hmm. and then you can change your target with uh, ZL. Interesting. And. In previous games, when you're fighting multiple Pokemon at once, it wouldn't let you try to catch them until you had it down to one. It just says, Pokeball doesn't know which one you want to target. And I didn't, I never liked that. Here, if you are be- have, being attacked by three Pokemon, you can catch all three of them if you're, if you're lucky enough. Because mm-hmm. you choose the target and you can throw the Pokeball at it. Then... So in addition to that type of combat, you can also, as shown, you know, they shown in the trailer, you can just sneak up on a Pokemon in the wild, throw a ball, and try to catch it. And if you catch it, don't you? You got you're done. And if you miss it, depends on the personality of that particular Pokemon. It could be a Bidoof and completely ignore you, or it could be a Starly and run away, or it could be a Shinx and actively attack you. Hmm. Interesting. And that's one of the fun things, too, is when it does attack, that's where you can do the dodging and figuring out what you're going to do next. Mecha Dragon's got a couple questions here. Uh, how are the trainer battles like? He says, you know, and in my understanding, they're not, this, you know, they're they're there, yeah. but they're just something different, right? Yeah, there, there, there are still, like, you know, I'm going to say PvP, even though it's not another human, but it's still another an NPC that has Pokemon. Those play out the same way as any other Pokemon. Other than you, it might be a one v three. You 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 still have your party of six, but you can only use one at a time, and they've got all three out and can attack all at the same turn. But other than that, it's the same. He also asks, "What happens if you catch more than six Pokemon in this game?" Okay, instead, there is like the original games. They have a concept of a PC box where Pokemon are stored. Here, it's kind of the same thing, but it looks just like a farm ranch. Pastures. Pastures. And it, it, initially you have eight pastures. So I was wor- wondering if there was going to be a limit to how many I could hold. But so I started releasing some, a lot of my duplicates. Like, I don't need eight Bidoof. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and you, you do get some rewards for. It's highly recommended them. to release your Pokemon uh, doubles and stuff because you get rewarded yeah. for doing but that. At, at some point in the game, I got eight additional pastures, so I have sixteen pastures now. So nice for that, yeah. So there, there's there's plenty of room, and then when you're when you're each of the you know in the town, you can go to the pasture itself and then change your party around, or at each of the five zones. There's one campsite initially, and then you can have a second campsite created after you do a mission uh, side quest. When you add a campsite, you know, there's a merchant there. You can buy and sell things from there. There's a crafting table there, so you can 
make more pokeballs make more potions you know there's a tent there so you can sleep and heal everyone and there there's a chest that lets you have access to all your inventory not just what you have in your satchel you know and you have access to your pokemon so you can re-rig your your party right there at the camp you don't have to go back to town to do it and then come back which is a big time saver yes Mm. And there's a lot of easy, fast travel through the lands in here, too, which is very nice. Yeah. You, for every, every camp set up, you can fast travel, too. Sometimes you'll find other little villages, if that's the word you want to use, that can be fast traveled to. Every place where you fight a formerly frenzied lord will be a fast travel point. And. Another th- another thing they've added is by default online functionalities are off. Okay, I would recommend going to the settings and turning them on, because if someone if someone so the Pokemon in the wild will attack you directly, and if if you lose your hit points, uh, you'll you'll black out and get sent back to town. If you black out, you will drop your satchel. And then that satchel will be sent to someone else's game that you can, it'll be shown on the map. Here is so-and-so's satchel. And I think I've, I've done I think that I a had, few times. I think I've had solo something satchel in my game. <laughs> I saved a few people's satchels. I have not lost any because I have a um, um, charm to help. Okay. I don't have that, but I also have not, never been blacked out yet. If you get black, if you do blackout at a, at a boss battle, that, doesn't count. I don't lose my satchel for that. But so, so other than that, I have never blacked out, so I have never lost my satchel. Yep. But you can uh, get charms that will help uh, take the place of items you might lose, um, or prevent you from blacking out. So, uh, so when you get damaged, there's no hearts or anything like that. Say like Breath of the Wild, when you got damaged, you lose bits of your hearts or whatever like that mecca says your trainer legit dies again i can't confirm that because (laughs) that hasn't happened Uh, to me the what happens is you basically start things start going black around your screen and stuff like that and then then when you get hit too many times that's when you'll potentially black out um but then again if you have a charm that you purchased like i think it was three thousand, whatever the currency is Hmm. um I had to purchase this charm and it help it helps prevent me from blacking yeah. out. So and then every time you find someone else's satchel, you get a reward and called merit points, which there's a merchant in the main ta- main village where you can redeem the merit points for items such as evolution stones and items. I and the, yeah, the lost I haven't found. gotten that found I haven't gotten that deep into the game where I needed to start evolving with the weird things. Yeah, like, I haven't yet either, but the lost and found was what you you can do at any time during the game. So if you find something, uh, find a few things, uh, those other people's satchels, you can go pretty much into your menu and go to the lost and found and return them and get your merit points. So one of the questions I... I, I have found my experience with Sun and Moon and Sword and Shield, one of the reasons that I fell off it is... I felt it was very paint by numbers, right? So what I mean by that, by the gameplay loop is I come to an area, I explore the area, I go find said thing. I now have a conversation with a gym battle person. Girl, we're all angry. I meet you at the gym. 
I throw out some Pokemon balls. We battle. I have one. I walk to a new area. Repeat. Right. I, I, I found that that formula only has me for so long. Right. Um, so let me ask you, what's the what's the formulaic component to it here? Is that all just kind of wept, swept away? Because, uh, I mean, inevitably, every game, every game is a loop. Right. There's a gameplay yeah. loop, everything. But I, but the but the Pokemon gameplay loop. And and listen, Sword and Shield, Sword and Shield. I'm like, it, it's placed in Europe. It's placed place in England. I had just moved back. They have an affirmation for it. And like, I felt like I was really into it for like three. I think I did four, maybe five gym battles. And then I'm like, I just fell off it. Like I was just like, I just, I just, it just, I felt like I was grinding through it for the sake of grinding, and it didn't bring me a bunch of joy other than like, okay, next thing. Um, and I didn't find the story super compelling. So. That right there is what I find compelling in this game is the story is way different. This game has a story. Yes. (laughs) The narrative is what's keeping me going is I want to know more what's going on and I'm participating in the story and stuff like that. Yeah. So like the loop, the loop in a new area normally is, you know, you're sent there because you're supposed to investigate, you know, the early on you'll, you'll learn the, but you know, you see there's these disturbances you don't know what it is you find out it's like it's a, a frenzied pokemon and then you 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 resolve it later on you just they just say oh here's another frenzied pokemon over here so your loop is you enter a new area you find you normally find an npc that'll escort you to uh to where that pokemon is but midway through, you need to find someone else to get a ride Pokemon to help you get to that point. Then while you're doing that, you find another NPC that has a quest for you. When you do that, it'll open up the second camp site. So it gives you another fast travel point and a place to to heal up. And then you... So you just follow the chain of events. Eventually you get to the frenzied Pokemon, you quell it, and then you go back to town give them your report and then they'll tell you the next main. There's a lot of this that does feel breath of the wildish in regards to that stuff. I was, that that was my next question. Right. Cause I mean, I think the marketing campaign they did for this, I mean, they definitely were like, remember breath of the wild. Remember how amazing that felt. I am going, we're going to lean in hard. Oh, they on do. this, right? Like, I think they use yeah. the same orchestra keys at times. The it, same the, every the time same I black, hear it, I'm like, style. "Wow, this sounds like Breath of the Wild." Yes, agreed. Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Cut no, you no, off. that's I'm okay. I want to talk. What you're saying is, I want to talk a little bit about like what is like is this the Breath of the Wild? Is this the the Pokemon Breath of the Wild yes. that we're asking it to be? Yes, I, I think I, so. I, yes, I'd say it's like eighty percent. Yeah, there's parts of it that. They're still linear, not as open as Breath of the Wild, but yeah, you, you, you can't walk influenced. from you can't walk from Zone A to Zone C. If if you want, if you're in what the first zone, and want to go to the third one, you gotta go go to the Professor yeah. NPC, go back to town, and then from that's then, where the go, mon- go Monster C. Hunter thing that Jesse was referring to okay. is right. more towards that. But, but I don't find that distracting. That I'm okay with that. In fact, it's probably better that way. Yeah. Because <laughs> if I if I if I so I mean you know the thing I think for you Jesse that I always find interesting is you do have an effet, effet, um, uh, an epitome for it or, or or an attachment to Pokemon Pokemon as a person who doesn't really give a damn 
uh, about Pokemon? Like, could I get into the game? Do I have to know all the, look, it's a Raichu and it's a Zippa Zappa and it's a Hurlamagama thinky, Wugapoffits, right? Like, Tim, what do you got? That's that's essentially me. I'm the casual know what Pokemon. This is or what Pokemon this is? <laughs> exactly. I'm a casual Pokemon fan. I did not grow up on Pokemon. I was at that age where I was too old for Pokemon and did, and wasn't ready to play that kind of stuff. And was like, what is this Pokemon thing? You know, mm-hmm. that's going on. So I didn't get into it then when everybody else was. I thought it was interesting. I didn't, I didn't play it just because I did, was thinking it was a kid's game. I was just like, I wasn't interested in it at the time. So, but I, as I got older and I found what was going on and plus my kids were getting into it, I started playing with it then with them and stuff um, to, to get interested in it there. But again, I'm casual. I don't know the names of all the Pokemon. I can't read the names correctly either so and um so for me it was like when i was playing it before it was to get my kids involved and help them trade and stuff like that and i think there was only one game that i got all the way through i think it was pokemon sun sun or moon one of those two i can't remember i got through that one on the 3ds uh but that was it anytime i tried playing any other pokemon after that And even before that, I would get to a certain point. And I think like what you were saying is like, I got to a certain point. I was just like, ah, there's another shiny game over there. I'm going to go play that one now. Mm -hmm. And then I fall off. Um, So I lost interest. So far, I have not lost interest in this one either. Um, It's holding my interest because of the story. And I think that's the biggest part. The story is what's holding my interest. Plus how it's not just your turn-based. It's not turn-based. Uh, although there is elements of it that still are because it's still back and forth, but it's a lot quicker, a lot smoother. And uh, again, there's the uh, action-based stuff that happens too, which is keeping me interested. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. The thing about the story, and this is maybe a little spoilery, but still it's within the first five hours. So it's, you know, compared to, you know, I think IGN, the person who reviewed it at IGN played 64 hours of this thing. So five hours is less than 10%. But basically, you find out there's two factions. They call themselves the Diamond Clan and the Pearl Clan. They all worship what they call the Almighty Sinnoh. The, the Diamond team thinks that he's like the Lord of Time. The Pearl team thinks he's the Lord of Space. So there's const- there's they bicker back and forth all the time because of this. So those of us who know what the Gen 4 lore is knows what's really going on. And I did talk my, to my son about it a little bit. He said they, they do unravel that at the end. So mm. uh, for those who don't know, I'm not going to spoil it, but it, it makes complete sense to me what's going on. Hmm. So, let also- me, so I'm going to ask you this kind of, it's kind of going to wrap up the section a little bit here. Uh, Jesse, if you were to give it a score, a grade, whatever you want to do. What what would you throw to it? Well, let's, I don't like grading things, but let's put okay, it this way. So, like uh, the last uh, time uh, I was this deep into a game where I didn't want to put it down was Dragon Quest Eleven, or I put in. I was off the off the first week I played it. I was off from work. I put fifty hours into that week. So if if, if I had work, if I didn't have to work, I would have put in at least fifty hours. So I would. 
this will this would be a you know a high score if I were to give it a score. I just don't know what type of scale to use, but it would definitely be. If if I out of ten, I'd probably say give it a. I'd probably give it a nine. You know, there there are you know, the gameplay itself is is snappy, and and fun. There are some graphical issues. If you look like if you zoom in on grass, it looks kind of funny. If you look in on a flying Pokemon in the background, it looks kind of funny. But really, you're not looking at that much. You're looking at the Pokemon that are battling, and they're fine. They they animate kind of what you expect them to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it only looks weird if you look out of the out of the way to look at the weird things. Yeah. Okay. Tim, same question to you. Yeah, I don't I don't think I can grade it yet because again, I've only got like three stars out of what, Jesse, there you can get like ten yeah. stars or yeah. So um right now I'm having a blast with it. Um and the reason why I I don't want to give it a grade yet is because like what I said before, I've gotten pretty far in a lot of Pokemon games or even like you said, you know, getting that fifth badge or whatever. Right. And then you drop off. I want to see how far I can take it. And for me, it's if I play it all the way through and roll credits, it that's going to tell you whether or not for me yeah. that I enjoyed it and when I had fun with it and it was good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I see the chat here and Andrew Ross is saying, Hey, it's the best one in his, in the series, in his opinion. Um, I saw some earlier comments that, you know, console Cato was like, come on, Justin, get on board. Right. I'm just, <laughs> and, and I mean, you know, again, six point, you know, 6.5 million copies sold in the weekend. Right. So, I mean, or, or over the week. So, I mean, there's definitely, um, there's definitely an appetite for it. Um, and, and I just wonder, is it, is it because it's a Pokemon bump? Is it like the brand new build to it? Everyone's, you know, there, and again, it just seems like there's mixed, mixed resolve around it. And, and I am tempted. Like I, I am, I think about, it, I'm like, I should go down and pick it up. But I'm like, is it just a game? I'm going to just put in the pile. I'm right? having fun with it. Let's put it that uh, way. Yeah. I think and if I've, it wasn't Pokemon, it's, it, it's still, you know, it wouldn't change the game. Say if it was like Tom Tom or whatever the hell that other thing is, you yeah. know, it, it's still a fun game, but still Pokemon gives it a little extra meaning, yeah. especially since they're putting in Gen Four lore in it. That you know that's been around for fifteen years. For me, it's fun, and I feel like that I am getting my worth out of it, what I spent on it. So okay. even at this point, so I'll say that that even yeah. if I don't, even if I get like say halfway through it, I would say that I. I got my worth out of what I yeah. spent on it. Andros asked the question I just answered. So you're mm-hmm. welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So one more thing I wanted to add that yeah. I was, when I first started playing it, I was worried because the people are talking, you know, when you look at a, when you catch a Pokemon for the first time, you have access to the Pokedex page that has this grid of things to do, the, the check, check boxes. And they're talking about, about the same thing. And they're talking about, filling in the Pokedex. So I was worried that I had, they wanted me to check all these boxes, which means I'd have to catch 25 Bidoof. I have to defeat 25 Bidoof. I have to do certain things 10 or 15 or 20 times. view X, Y, and Z about yeah. Bidoof. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Watch Bidoof use slash 10 times or something like that. And, and I'm like, if this is the game, I don't know if I can do this. But it isn't that bad. "Quote unquote," completing a page means you need ten points. That's it. So, yeah. if you look at the grid, each grid is worth one point. But some of the rows have like a double arrow thing on the left side. It so that row every chick is worth two points. So, if all you do is catch twenty five Bidoof, 
you've got your 10 points, you're done. You don't have to do anything else with the, with, with the Bidoof page. Hmm. So there are many things you can do to get points. It changes by Pokemon by Pokemon, but it isn't as ugly as it initially looks. I think I have like 60 or 80 pages complete now out of like the 130 or 140 Pokemon I've seen. You know, it's so let me ask you this question. There was, there was a statement that Consul Cato made earlier in the show, which was the Animal Crossing fan group has become very attached to Arceus. Is there a reasoning for that? Like, because of the fact that some of the tasks and orientation seems very Animal Crossing of, you know, task oriented. Here's your checklist. Do these five things. Do these, you know, 10 things. You get X Maybe. reward. That's where the side missions come into play okay. where you're doing. Like it sounds thing. like there's a casualness to kind of how you approach yeah. it. Like, like yeah, one of the early. Some... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say some of the side missions allow you to open up more uh, abilities to for customization too so as far as your character goes and what you like what you wear and what you yeah the, the person selling clothes i didn't talk i'd never talked to her until like really late and she had like four quests for me to do and most of the time i just had the item ready that can just turn it in right away so i was able so like you know it gets and it unlocks additional clothing options yeah. no, I one of the benefits <laughs> sorry jesse sorry, uh, okay. go ahead if you remember go ahead yeah so like one of the first things you do is, you know, catch a Starly. When when you have a Starly and you go back to town, it unlocks one of the side missions where this girl wants you to, is curious about Starly and wants more information. So you have to fill his that Starly page in the decks and show it to her. And then again, once you get the 10 points in the Starly page, you're done. Go show it, go back to her and you get your reward. So there's a lot of that type of quests. There's also, I think it's the same girl. She's like, I want to see it in person. And then you say, go ahead and touch it or pet it. And she's like, she jumps away like, no, I yep. don't want to touch it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that's the, that's the post-quest dialogue. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing that's going to be, I think, the hardest one to complete is uh, Spirit Tomb. You know, again, those of you who know the lore know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, I, I won't spoil it more than that. Hmm. All right. Yeah, there's there's a know, lot of. I don't. I don't know if Tim knows what I'm talking about. So again, this is this is that area where I'm a casual Pokemon player. I get certain things that are happening or references because of other people like Jesse that I've talked through through the years and get that some references and then other things are probably just going to go over my head. But I think this game is great for both kind of players. For me, casual because I'm into the story. I kind of get the idea of what's going on with the Pokemon world. Uh, but then there's those hidden, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, things for the, for the, the, the lore and all that kind of stuff for yeah. players like Jesse and stuff like that, that come out. So, hmm. Hmm. well, you've given me a lot to think about today, gentlemen. Uh, I appreciate it. I'll let you know which one of you is, uh, is hired. No, I, I would say, yeah, no, it's, I would it's, say one more thing, just, uh, yeah, Justin, yeah. real quick is that um, if you're on the fence, the biggest thing to do is to figure out what's coming up next. That could take away your time from the game because like what you experienced with Jesse when he, you were like, Hey, we got a game code. And he's like, Nope, I'm still <laughs> in the Pokemon. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm going to be real honest with you, real brutally honest. Yeah. There is nothing on the horizon 
until April that even lightly touches my interest yep. for okay. games that are coming. So out. if you're going to play the game, now is the time to do it. Now is the time. Well, uh, well, the other part of it is I'm like, or is now the right time to clean my backlog? That too. Do you know what I mean? So and that's kind of one of those I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I got going on? So um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, temp- I'm tempted in some ways to say like, and I know that I'm sure the, the you know, I'm looking at the chat here. Chat, I'm going to ask this question. Stupid. Do you, do you, would you, would you want to see me pick this game up and play it and see my reaction to it? What about your girls? What would they think of it? Would they be into uh, it? They they got in they got into um, Sun and Moon a little bit, but they don't care as much for for Pokemon. They 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 had like they were hot they were hot on Pokemon for like a hot minute. Yeah. Um, right now, my youngest daughter's into Fortnite, so I'm like, well, there you go. There you go. Right. <laughs> there could be right? worse things yeah. that she's into. Right. We have cocaine. Right next. Yes, because that's Uh, the main thing, too, is like you've got that as well. So you go in, do your Pokemon thing because it is pretty relaxing for the most part. Um, And then when you want to jump in and do your, you know, your shooters, you got those. So, yeah. Yeah. Justin's not a Kirby guy. eh? I am not a Kirby guy. No, I'm definitely not. Um, Andros is saying yes, buy it. Um, It's that good. eh? What's in April? Um, yeah. Th- well, thanks guys. I appreciate the conversation. Uh, I'm interested to see what Marty's commentary is. Um, I do want to throw in one more thing. Yes. Before we move on. So like the, f- while you're playing it, you, there's this looming open rift in the sky with lightning and stuff coming out of it. So like the first minute in the game, like you wake up on a beach, you apparently fell through this rift. So I'm like, the, the game is an isekai. Damn it. <laughs> mm. interesting so interesting. Okay. for you know for, for those who don't know what what an isekai is it's like it's you know it's a trope in manga and anime where someone from one world gets sent to another world mm. mm-hmm. usually it's because they died and get reincarnated but it doesn't always have to be like no game no life is an example of that hmm. that's the part of the story that i'm interested in too is how this came about because it doesn't explain that right from the beginning of the game where you just kind of, you're floating in space, you were chosen and you end up here in, in you, you show up on the beach in shorts and a t-shirt like us, you know, like would be, you know, in the summertime and you're in this, you know, ancient times essentially for, for Pokemon. And they're all mm-hmm. like, what are you wearing? <laughs> you know, Very so. interesting. So that's no, part of the story what you have has what you were wearing it will not give you any protection. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So it is very interesting storyline and just I, I'm very curious where it's all going. Yeah, because in this world, people aren't friends with Pokemon yet. People are deathly afraid of Pokemon. So, you know, they, and, they, and they Pokemon stay... aren't sure about humans either. So in most right. cases, mm. unless you're part of a tribe. So, yeah. Interesting. Gentlemen, I appreciate this. Thank you. It gives me a lot to think about. Like legitimately. Um uh the next we hear from me, I may have picked up Pokemon Arceus. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this. You both have really you're you're both helping make me make a decision. Um yeah. So thank you for yeah. it. Thank so, you. So I I think I'm near the end game. I when next time I talk to my son, I'll see if he can give me a not, uh, an idea of how close I am. Cause he rolled again, he rolled credits last night and yeah. is 
and apparently there's a significant post game after rolling mm-hmm. credits too. So yeah, yeah. maybe maybe if all four of us are playing, we could do a special edition dinner table where we sit around the dinner table talking about Pokemon Arceus at some yeah, point. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, right, gentlemen. Let me tell you what I've been playing because this may also be a quick segue to why Justin probably isn't playing Pokemon Arceus. I've been playing <laughs> Fortnite, Apex Legends. <laughs> And Rainbow Six Extraction on Google Stadia. The Stadia. Google Stadia. Google Stadia. It's so nice. Uh, Google Stadia. Google Stadia. And I have absolutely been loving Rainbow Six Extraction. Uh, it is a team-based shooter. Um, it is quick jump in games. And what essentially happens is there you are, you are, this alien virus has taken over parts of the country. You and a team of the react, which is what you're, I don't remember what the analogy is, but you have to go in and you have to get a sample of, of the zombies. You have to help someone. You have to maintain certain areas. So what happens is you go online, you can squad up or you can uh, find other people like create your own squad. Um, and you go in and, and as you start each Mission you jump into basically has three sections and it's kind of like easy, medium and hard. So you come in as a, as a tactical team and your first objective, let's say, is to kill the major boss, get us, get a sample. And so you go in, you go into this room, this area, this building and you find it. Let's say you get the sample. Great. Awesome. You then have a decision. Your decision is, do I move on to the next room, the next area, the medium difficulty or do I leave and take the experience points I have? All right. So, and what happens essentially is that let's say you're like, yes, I want to extract. You, you all kind of go to this extraction point. You turn on the extraction. They come, they take you. Your mission's done. That's it. It can be wrapped up in like three minutes. You leave with a thousand points for XP that boosts up a little bit. Right. And, uh, and you get a little bit, you know, you get a little bit more XP, but let's say instead of extracting, we look around, we're like, yeah, our life is good, guys. We're good to go. And we decide to move on to our next room. And basically, you actually go into like this like containment room, basically, and then it opens up another room. So now you're in the medium level. Now, instead of 1,000 XP that you got for the easy, you get 1,500 XP for the, for the medium mission, which is a bit hard, sorry, the medium mission, which is harder. And so you're going out there and maybe, you're, you, maybe it's the three of us. And then all of a sudden, Jesse, you get attacked. All right. And then Jesse, Jesse's character dies. And now it's just Tim and I. Right. And so now we have to make a decision. Do we go and get Jesse's button? Now, as soon as I try to play this game, I would be a corpse half the time. As soon as Jesse like dies, basically what happens is like styrofoam thing comes over him. So we can do one of two things. We can go and take Jesse's body. We can grab him, throw him on our backpack, on our back. Now, now we only have like a gun and we can do one of two things. We can get him to the extraction point. And we put him in this kind of like this coffin thing and they take Jesse back. But now Jesse's out of our team. He's gone right now. It's just Tim and I Now Tim and I can either continue to try and finish off this little, this, this medium difficulty room area by the two of us, which is really built, built for three, or we both like, no, no, we out. Right. And if that's the case, we're because extracted we did too. <laughs> yeah. We're extracted too, because that's the case. We don't get all 1500 points. We get the thousand because of the room we did before, Right. But we don't move on. So you kind of it's, it's a little bit of risk and reward, because mm. also if you decide to move on to your second one and you die, you lose a majority of your points. And as a matter of fact, your overall level goes down. Now, here's the interesting part. Crazy part now is Jesse's character that he was playing as 
you have like 10 characters is now no longer available for him to get them that or, or, or sorry, that character is, is, is um, I apologize. That character is, is injured. So you can't go back and play him. You have to wait like several games till his health comes back and each character or operator has a special skill set. Now here's another scenario. Let's say we were in the second room and we chose not to rescue Jesse. We're like, screw Jesse. We're not taking him. We're just like going on with the mission or Tim and I are extracting. Well, now Jesse is missing an action. And one of our next objectives is to go back and get Jesse's operator from like extract him. And we need to go in as a group. Now, when, now if I look on my board, the, the, the characters that Jesse had, that character is no longer available for him to play at all until he is extracted, taken back to like the base where he goes back into your roster, but he's hurt and you have to like, refill his energy or his life after completing more and more missions. It's a very risk versus reward. It is so cool. I've put eight hours into it and I have been enjoying it. They have a single part. They have a single player campaign ish, which is essentially it's just one person and you by yourself and you play these, these things, but the value, the fun of it really comes in at the squad base levels. Uh, And it's a ton of fun. It's on game pass right now. So if you have game pass, you can play it for free. Um, I have absolutely been enjoying it. Stadia is running nice and smooth. It has kind of been my new hook. And the guy, a guy who likes these squad base shooters, I like Apex Legends. I like playing trios and duos and squads in Fortnite. Uh, Rainbow Six Extraction has me. Uh, it is a game that is running around in my brain of like, I could play Pokemon Arceus <laughs> or I could play some Rainbow Six Extraction. And that's now, where I am right now. Again, back to the Pokemon Arceus thing is again, I don't think you're going to be the type of person that plays like Jesse, where you just keep going for hours and hours. I think it's more of you will want to finish a task uh, or a side mission or get to, you know, finish a part of your main mission and you can save it because it's very easy to save. You don't have to get to a certain point. You just right there, stop, pause, save. And it auto saves often anyway. And it auto saves all. And you can, you know, put in your time for a couple hours and then go play something else because you did your time in Pokemon or something. I mean, that's the way I'm feeling right now is I want to keep playing Pokemon, but there's a point where I get where I'm like, okay, I need to take a break because I'm like, there's all these things I could do. And I'm just like, I'm going to take a break. And that's where the game you you gave me that Jesse passed on that I'm kind of came in handy. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Which again, depending depending on if I get if I want to go deep into in the the post game or not, you know, I'll either I'll continue to play that and that's all I play next week, or I might go for that other game when when it when it releases next week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Good night, Andros. Take care. Thanks for joining us, Uh, Mecha Dragon. I do not play on PC. No, I do not play PC. Um, so yeah, that has been my time with rainbow six extraction. Uh, we've got a couple let's plays up, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I, I like, I like the shooty shooty, you know, and it's been a lot of fun and it's also scary. It's like resident evil kind of scary. If you watch the demo, when I played, I jumped twice and I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And then nice. I, and then I was playing on my backbone using my like mobile, like cloud-based gaming, man, it's an experience. Um, that's something I, else right there. I, I recommend it as well. So that's, so yeah, I'm always, I'm going to be looking for more squads, but yeah. Nice. That's what I've been playing. Excellent. On to the community spotlight then. Yeah, let's. Uh... Yeah. 
This is the part where I talk about our Nintendo Dad's family of podcast updates. So I can briefly go over that real quick just to let everybody in on what's going on on the other shows because uh, they are great shows to listen to, like Retro Logic, where we got Dan and John and Sam all over there. They just did their episode 68 where they talk about Turbo Graphics and they had uh, one of our um friends over there as well and he was featured on the show to talk about turbo graphic 16 and that was bruce he's the guy that helped us make the uh triforce uh metal triforce that we gave away at uh last year's extra life so if you haven't uh checked that out go check that out especially if you're in your retro stuff they're a great place to go they also talked about pokemon over there and pokemon legends arceus over there and they also talked about it versus kirby the kirby franchise so that would be interesting to listen to if you haven't already we also have the end dads after dark, which they dropped episode 91, where they talk about uh, what would link do without his fairy and was game pass worth it in 2021. And how much are your children worth on the open market? All great, all great stuff. <laughs> so, uh, and one of the things I enjoy listening to them too, was the, uh, the, their manscaped ad too. It made me crack up. So, um, Game Pass News, they did episode 38 where Nick and Sean talk about uh, the should Xbox make a fighting game, kind of like, you know, the PlayStation All-Stars or uh, Nintendo uh, Super Smash Bros. game. Uh, They talk about that. They talk about Elden Ring has gone gold. And they also talk about the backward compatible sale. So lots of good stuff to talk about uh, throughout the the retro scene, the um, overall scene, because I think uh, John and Drew, they talk mainly Nintendo stuff, but John does have Xbox as well. And then, of course, Game Pass. They talk about all the Game Pass stuff on Xbox. So that's going on in our podcast world. So um, we can now go to the community questions. Uh, you want me to keep on reading? Yeah, Tim, let's, you, got, you got the momentum, pal. I'm not going to stop you. All right. So speaking of Bruce, he comes in with a question from our email. Now that ACNH has slowed down again, would you play an Animal Crossing Valhalla? I don't know what that means. Well, it's well, a, a, well Assassin's Creed, a, a Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla, Valhalla uh, crossed with an Animal Crossing. So yes, I, 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 I still don't played know what Valhalla. That means. But I just either something. Oh my god, do I love Valhalla? Valhalla, I love. Um, <laughs> which is another reason why I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm just loving my backlog of stuff right now, and that's my other issue, which is not an issue. Um, but that is where I'm sitting. And, and Valhalla, Valhalla, I mentioned before. It's, I mean, it's you know, there's England, there's Ireland, there's the Vikings. They're all things that I love. So it's, I of course, Valhalla is fantastic. Yep. I wish Valhalla was available on Switch, but I'm playing it on Stadia. (laughs) Stadia. (laughs) And Seth in our chat, uh, uh, he's one of the uh, co-hosts for All In Podcast. He says, I'm already wearing a Viking hat in ACNH show. (laughs) Nice. In other words, he's all in? He's he's all in on the uh, Animal Crossing Valhalla. Nice one. I like like it, Jesse. (laughs) <laughs> Mecha Dragon never disappoints in giving us content. He's got a couple things here, an email that he sent us. First yeah, is this the, question. The, the second email is, I talked about it last week, but kept it on in case you all wanted to uh, have your, your say in it. Okay. Uh, this new question is, this question is probably more for Jesse or anyone who plays a lot of card games. 
again, he only listens to you guys and doesn't listen to anybody else who says they play card games. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> who plays a lot of card games? I'm also mostly be referring to the newly released Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel with this question, but it can still apply to physical card games out now, like Pokemon or Magic the Gathering that also have a digital format version of their game, such as Shadowverse and Hearthstone. Um, don't count since they never were physical to begin with. All right, so those don't count. With the release of Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel and Konami turning a physical card game into a more easily accessible digital version, or in Pokemon's case, PTCG Live, whenever that comes out, or MTG Arena for MTG players or Magic Gathering players, uh, do you feel like the physical card game itself might fizzle out? Or if Konami and Wizards of the Coast or Pinocchio Pinocchio <laughs> Pokemon huh? company stop supporting their physical card game respectively in general. If more players start gearing more towards the digital versions of their games because of their ease of use and access to add to that as well. Do you also feel like digital card games like Shadowverse and Hearthstone are also killing the physical card game market as well? Since as we always bring up hundreds of times going digital with things is much more convenient than going physical. It would be pretty sad day if the big three card games, according to the card game fans, all decide to just stay digital instead. So overall, will the physical card game go all digital? I don't think so. It's because there's there's the players and you know tournaments are a big thing still, or at least they were pre-pandemic and hopefully they will be again i don't know how, if they've ramped up or not but uh in just just being able to play against an opponent across the table face to face is a far different experience than playing it on your screen against some an- anonymous rando on the internet right and uh so and then the other aspect of it is the collectors who don't necessarily play the game, but they're in it for, you know, they want to collect all the cards or they want to get as many rare cards as they can and hold on to them as an investment. So I just, I, I don't think physical's going anywhere. Yeah. I'm not into cards at all, you know, not even the, the pony magic <laughs> ones that came out, you know, so I'm not into this at all either. But yes, I think physical for collectors, especially people for those not watching before. as he's showing a collection of cards. Yes, there's <laughs> I played Magic the Gathering. I played Pokemon. I played Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, all physical. And I think it just depends on the stage of the player, too, on what they want to do and who, where they learn it from. I, I loved playing it at a table against other people, especially with friends. It, it's just a blast. Um but it's also, I, if you're hungry for it, you want to play it all the time. So I, I wished there was a digital version that I could play as easily as there is today, back when I was really into everything. Now with the digital version, it's much easier for me to just pick up and play and not have to rely on going somewhere to play because of the timing factor and being into other things. I have to limit what I am into time-wise. So as much as I want to keep playing Magic the Gathering and I want to jump into the arena, I don't have the time to do that. Um, every now and then I have, and it's been fun. Uh, I picked up and downloaded Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel for the Switch. I haven't been able to jump in it yet because of Pokemon playing that. And then, and then the other game I said I was playing too. I started playing that. 
So that's been taking up my time. It's mainly time factor. Um, so, but again, uh, going back to the original question is basically, is this, is the digital version going to take over physical? No, because again, it comes down to what everybody's into um, and, and how hungry they are for it too. Cause again, there's going to be people who are want to play both because they want to hone their skills in the game too. And the digital realm is really good for that because I remember when before MTG arena came on and even before you could play other digital ways of magic, the gathering, you could download paper versions of the card, uh, cut them out. So you could practice with that card and see if it plays well, the deck you were trying to build. I forget what they called it. There was a name for it, but there were ways to do it that way. So, uh, digitally now they've had the ability to do this kind of same thing instead of printing it on paper you can kind of build it and test it against others just kind of like in a um um well it's digital so i mean just kind of like i was going to bring that up playing it digitally is a more efficient way of testing out new cards in a deck or testing out a whole new deck altogether as opposed to you know spending the money to build a a physical deck just to find out it's crap yeah, because then you and, uh, obviously the physical way is just go be able to buy, purchase those single cards after you tested them out. So you can go say, okay, I, these cards worked. I'm going to go buy them or trade and, for them. Over. And if your own, if your only experience, the only opportunity is to play against someone physically is at a tournament, you're not going to have any chance to practice the deck. Correct. Yeah, you get to tweak it. <laughs> yeah. So you will more, you, you'll be less likely to risk playing with the deck and go with something you're more comfortable in at least with these online versions it gives you more flexibility to test things and with very little consequence right yep. and there's these guys i play with uh at at a buddy's house that i i used to play with last year before I moved and stuff um he'd get together every like couple couple days every couple weekends out of the month a saturday or whatever or friday get some people over and we just played like tournament of magic the gathering now i get my butt beat there because i don't play enough but they're really nice and they've been able to teach me a lot there so there is still that physical aspect now they know their game because they are hungry for it still and they have the time and they go and probably play online as well so in fact i think they said they do but they they know the game in and out they practice online they use digital practice online they play more online and then when they go play physical they know which cards to go buy physically. They know where to go shop for those and then come and build their decks and go from there. So they're not going anywhere. (laughs) Short answer. Physical's not going anywhere. So, all right. We spent a lot of time on that one, a lot more probably than uh, Justin was like, Hey, all right, all right, let's move on. (laughs) No, we're okay. We're fine. No, I know. All right. Mecha dragon. Let's see that question. He asked last week. Uh, this question might upset Jesse on the show a bit, but I'm going to bring it back anyway. Lots of fans always complain about how Pokemon has been the same old game for decades now when you have older RPGs like Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest that's been doing the same formula for years. Yet people seem excited for Legends of Arceus because it's trying something brand new. Now, I'm not saying a game can't innovate. It can, but if you were sick and tired of the turn-based gameplay from the mainline Pokemon games, you got tons of spinoff game uh excuse me spin-off pokemon games like ranger and mystery dungeon to try which all are different in its own way 
I'm probably coming off as a, a biased fan, but I think Pokemon is fine where it is. What do you think of the franchise still though? How would you change it if you can? And why do fans complain about the sameness in this game and not the hundred other games out there that's also been doing similar things for a while? Because I answered this question last week. So, you know, check back in the last episode for my answer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Justin? Sorry, say that again? Summarize it for me? So, sure. Yeah, basically it's uh, why do so many people want the formula that everybody likes to change? Like Pokemon with the turn-based games, the mainline Pokemon. Why is everybody hungry for Legends of Arceus? Well, I think everyone's hungry for it because it's it's different than the formula, right? It is it is trying something new. I think it's I think it's I think it's the idea, and and mind the pun that it's Pokemon, but it's an evolution, right? We want something <laughs> to grow, we want something to change, and we we understand that our tastes inevitably have changed, right? So if you were someone who grew up with Pokemon and knew the formula that it has had has gone through, you want it to grow much like you have, and how and, and I think a game especially like Pokemon that. You know, the industry has changed. Standards have changed. Availability of, you know, content has changed. These are all things that as you look at it, you kind of think, I I want this for for the game that I love, the game that I enjoyed as well. Right. And I think, you know, look at look at Breath of the Wild. Right. Like it needed to evolve and change and it has to can be the same. So I think that's I think that's why where there's a desperation for. But at the same time, we're also very aware that we don't want we, we want it to change, but we want it to be what we want it to be, right? So there's this kind of very fine line that companies have to kind of thread to, to be impactful for what they want. Um, so I don't know if that actually helps or answers the question at all, but, but I think that's really, really what it is, to be honest. Yeah, I, and I agree with that. Essentially, I think it's what we kind of expressed that when we were talking about Arceus now um, is that there's still the elements of the main line that are there, but they did some really w- great things with this game to make it different and make me as a person who got bored with the formula, even as a, as a casual player got bored with it really quickly that this is keeping my interest. Now, keep in mind, I also like what um, game freak is doing with this line. It wasn't a, it wasn't the next Pokemon game that they dramatically changed, which I know they probably would get, they knew they would get flack for if they were to say, here's Pokemon, whatever. And, <laughs> and, and here's Pokemon, whatchamacallit, you know, and this is what this, we're going to implement all these same things that, that were in Arceus that we know as Arceus today in these new mainline games, people would have lost their mind. We know they mm-hmm. would, even though people are asking for a breath of the wild type of game. So I think they were really smart in saying, here's Pokemon legends, Arceus, split off from that main line and we can have fun with it that way. And if it does well, great. We'll do there. There's probably going to be sequels. Uh, if it doesn't do well, well, that's the legends line. That was uh, you know, we did that. So back to the main stuff, you know? So, and I'm sure we will see some things implemented into that were brought into Arceus brought into the next generation of Pokemon mainline games too. Yeah. I also, I like, I do like the fact that they're able to take a risk. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. they, they feel like, yeah, they can take a risk. They can, they can try something different. And the fact that, I mean, they obviously, they know that they have a hit on their hands, right? I mean, you look at, you know, we, we talked earlier about the sales numbers, right? They were very, they're very aware that it's going to sell well. Um, 
So I, I think it's in, you know, they, they, and even the, the let's go series, right. They're able to try something a little bit different. And I think that's yeah. great for them. Um, so I, I think kudos to them and, and I'm glad to hear that the reception of it has been as positive as it has been. Uh, and, and the sales numbers reflects that, right? Cause if the sales number reflects that, then people can say, yeah, we can try something different. We can take a risk. Right. But if they can't, but if people can't, or it's not being, you know, uh, the, 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 the financial reward is where, or the financial kind of support is where you say, yeah, I, I, we're okay with something different. We're okay that you take a risk. And if we don't, allow companies to take those risks, then we end up just kind of being stagnated as gamers and yes. nothing changes. No one grows and nothing, you know, again, don't mind the pun, nothing evolves <laughs> and we need things to evolve. Right. Yes. Yep. And uh, uh, Seth from all in podcast in our chat says for people who weren't already interested, it's new and unlike the game they didn't originally care about for people who were already interested. It's a revolution. And is essentially the game we were playing in our heads back on the Game Boy. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's a great way of saying it. We got to have Seth back on our podcast again soon. Yes, of course. Let's make arrangements. Yeah. <laughs> Seth, that's a, that's a call to action there, pal. Hit our DMs. Let's go. Uh, and also going back to what he was talking about, physical collecting uh, versus digital. Physical collectors, players will always be there. There's nothing like playing those games in person. And I think that's what keeps those folks coming back. And board games still exist in spite of tabletop simulator. You know, just two different flavors of the game. Great uh, is a great thing. So great points by him. And I wanted to make sure I brought that out. So hopefully that answers your questions, Mecha Dragon. Uh, great as usual. Thanks again for the content you always provide us. And then we have two final questions that came from Twitter, Twitter, uh, again from Bruce. Uh, oh, Bruce, what do you prefer, Pokemon or Kirby? Hmm. I'd probably say Pokemon just because I'm generally not a Kirby fan. I, I, I played the original Game Boy game and I played Epic Yarn on the Wii. Uh, I tried other Kirby games and kind of fell off after a level or two so not even did you try the robot one no I that, was good. Oh, that was pretty fun i like that one how about you justin uh, i'd say kirby? probably probably the two i'm gonna have to go with pokemon so that gives you an idea of how i feel about <laughs> kirby in right general so yes you mentioned that earlier too so yeah i think I'm you're at the sense. same i think you're at the same level of, of kirby as bobby was so. Yeah, I think I think so. Right. We may we may have had some good, <laughs> good choices there. Right. Uh, Anaxis uh, says or asks if this is only the middle of the life cycles for the Nintendo Switch, maybe other revisions and not a new switch will be released in the upcoming years. That could be. I mean, this is this is absolutely where I also think you can see the pro come in. Right. Like, I mean, I think that's I, I think they've got an interesting, interesting uh scenario on their hands right where they can you know do they do they just become the new switch right or do they take a different type of of uh approach right i think i, I, they, think, I think they know what they have they don't want to mess that up i i think the pro ship has sailed and at this point you know if they were going to do it they would have done it around the four year four year five mark and they didn't so i i, I think if we get a, a newer vision at it'll it'll be like an oled light uh, yeah. yeah, but I don't think we're going to see anything else from the mainline switch until the next next generation. 
Yeah, that's, that's what, that was where my prediction was, is we would get an OLED light. Um, because I think that would be pretty fantastic for that little thing. If it had a, as good as a screen as its big brother. So be even better if you could connect it to a TV, but uh, then that would take it away, yeah. I guess. Matthew picked up a a, a light from his, one of his friends, so he has two switches now. Um, and he asked, "Hey, if do you, he asked if if he can test one of my non Nintendo dock su- substitutes yeah. to see if it'll work with the light." And I'm like, "It's not going to work. We've already tested that. Don't, don't <laughs> even try it." Right. It doesn't have the right uh, hardware there for to for to do that. So, uh, so but but that's it. That was the last question, and that was from Anoxis uh, from Twitter. So thank you everybody it. for submitting those questions. We always appreciate them. And if we didn't get to your question, uh, it's because Tim doesn't like you. Yeah. Um, uh, or no, I didn't see actually, it, so I didn't get it. In the notes. It's Jesse's fault. So and <laughs> that would be counted towards his next this year's employee of the year reward. So that's correct. <laughs> so uh, maybe I'll have a chance this time if, if he keeps missing those things, but uh, no, we know that's not going to happen. Jesse always wins it. Cause he's always there, <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. Anything else before we close out the show, gentlemen? No, why don't you close it out, pal? All right. Thanks for everybody for stopping by in our Twitch channel and on YouTube and Facebook. Thanks for always showing up there and supporting us. We had a pretty large crowd. I think eventually we're going to have to try to say, Hey, on these days, let's get, let's see if we can get 75 people or more to watch. I wonder I if we so. can do that. So, but cause we have like a hundred and or excuse me, 1,193 followers. If we can get a fraction of those to come visit us at specific times in a month, we could get, whatever that level of Twitch is we can get. But anyways. Partner, I think. Partner, yes. Mm-hmm. So on YouTube, we have 5,959 subscribers. We need to get 6,000. Please pass on the word to your fellow peeps so that we can break that 6,000 or more. Uh, don't forget about uh, being a subscriber on our Twitch channel. We have 17 right now, and which also gives you access to our Discord community, uh, which you can be involved with. Again, dinner table once a month uh, or any monthly mayhem or any other things like the end dads have after dark. They have their um, bounties they have going on, which is pretty mm-hmm. fun, too, which Jesse was a winner of, by the way. So congratulations, Jesse, on winning that bounty. Oh, yeah. The the, the, the bounty was uh, the first person to show a shiny. Yes. And I, I got one Friday night. And who else to get it but Jesse? <laughs> All right. Get 20% off your Manscaped order for free shipping and the code using the code N-I-N-D-A-D-S. And you can also use that same code at GoodR to get your glasses for 15% off. Uh, check out our merch store via nintendodads.org slash merch. You can also go to nintendodads.org to see all of our content everywhere that we put stuff out at, like YouTube and twi- uh, Twitter. Uh, but you can also search us up in any of the social medias for Nintendo Dads, and you'll find us there as well. Uh Email us at nintendodads at gmail.com or call in and leave a voicemail at 929-25-NDADS or 
929-256-3237, just in case you don't know how to use those letters on the number dial. (laughs) (laughs) Big thanks to OC Remix for the music throughout the show. Download from your favorite podcast app of choice. We're everywhere. Download download us there and leave us a review if you can. There's a lot more podcasting apps are now opening up review capabilities. So please do leave us a review or rating and help spread the news of Nintendo Dads. For me, for Justin, for Jesse, and wishing Marty a very get well soon, this is the Nintendo Dads closing out episode 361. Check y'all later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening into Nintendo Dads. Wobble Puffet? Wobble Buffet?